you find yourself with the same incurable curiosity as us, this is a place for you. This is Spiritual Smorgasbord with Cheyenne and Desiree. Cheyenne, you promised me we weren't doing any episodes over two hours this season. Oh my gosh, I know, but it's, I mean, it's Chantel. I know, it's Chantel. What were we supposed to do? How were we supposed to get all of the amazing knowledge that she told us in like an hour? Her program that she's introducing to us is 18 months long. Yeah. And And it's Chantel. So, like, so many relatable stories. Yeah, and trauma. I mean, come on. Healing your trauma through Reiki. Biowell technology, biorhythm. Understanding what trauma is, where it's held in the body. It's just, how are we supposed to? Yeah, tips and tricks. Um, and again, you know, I'm always going to come in with whatever relatable story that I believe So many fits. tree branches. So many tree branches <laughs> that I believe but are necessary. But they were all very valuable. I've, I really do, from a humble opinion, <laughs> think that they were needed. And you they know, were relatable. And honestly... I was, as as we were going through this episode, I was making little notes like, we can cut this, we can cut this. And you know how many notes I made? Zero. I made one. See, I'm telling you, it, was, it was so valuable. It, it was a 10 second delay that we had in just getting back on track in our notes. That's my point. My point is, it might be a long episode, but we are starting season two off with a bang. We are. So here's my recommendations for this episode. Take a road trip or <laughs> on purpose, just to on listen. purpose, just to listen to it. <laughs> or if you don't have time for a road trip, that's totally fine. I want you to just be comfortable being uncomfortable as you listen to this episode, mm-hmm. because we touched on some things that even I was like, I can't believe I'm talking about this right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We go into some stories that are personal. They're very relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for a trigger warning for anybody, we do talk about um, child uh, abuse, child abuse, mm-hmm. sexual assault. Yeah, um, we get personal. Ooh, we get really in depth on some things that I'm sure are going to make you uncomfortable. But the the reason I want you to listen to this episode is because this teaches you how to heal yourself. How to find those traumas within yourself and realize that you don't have to outsource them to Western medicine, to a church, to a guru, to anything. The power to heal yourself is within you. Because trauma will show up physically. And if you have chronic conditions, you can take care of yourself. You can do that too. You are not stuck with these labels. I know it's really hard to hear. It was hard for me to hear too. But I hugged my shadow side like we were both watching a horror movie together that was going that to change is your our lives. Own life. <laughs> yes. I am so thankful for Chantel for driving into the big city, as yeah. she said. <laughs> she comes from the woods. Yeah, the sticks. The sticks is yeah, what she does. She does drive several hours into she, see us. She did. And I really, really appreciate her coming in and sharing her knowledge. And I really recommend her program that she's getting ready to roll out to everybody and i'm so thankful we finally got her on season two and you're going to be thankful too when you listen to it enjoy the episode thank you
Welcome everybody to season two. Oh, hi Desiree. Hello Cheyenne. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I know. It feels like forever. I know. We just got through the holidays. I had a great time. Did you have a great time? Yes. It was, I mean, you know, holidays, they're great and exhausting, but they're great. You always get the blues after like Christmas is over. Yeah. Like you're picking up the plates, you're picking up the wrapping paper and you're like, I've been waiting all year for this family time. And now those those blues are kind of yeah. hitting you. So well, we're so here. much to clean. And, yeah, well, you know it's a lot of work. It is, but yeah. it's it's worth it to be with family and get, get through all of that. But we're here. We told you we wouldn't leave you. We told you we had more for you. And yeah. oh, do we have a guest for you? Yes, I am so I like I can't even begin to tell you how happy, how excited, how emotionally. I don't even know the words to use. I am just Chakra Sean, Chantel Shoot. Our metaphysical ambassador. The, our friend. Our our personal guru <laughs> is finally here with us. Yes. Yes. So I just want to say before I let her take it away in yeah. all of her glory. Um, when we knew that we were going to do the podcast and we were lining people up like for season one in general, yeah, just, she was my yeah. first pick. Yeah. I mean, it was obvious. Like it was obvious. We were like, Hey, who do we want on the show? And, and it's, we were both like Chantel. Chantel. I'm crying Duh. over here. Clearly. Crying. Yeah. Oh Clearly. <laughs> well, if you don't know that you're like loved, you do oh now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So Chantel, shoot. Yeah, don't mess up your eyeliner. We all know how much you love your eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many? Okay, just tell us real quick. How many eyeliners do you have in your car right now? Car and purse. One in the console, one in the makeup bag, one in the coin purse, and probably a couple empty ones in the trash can. At the back. <laughs> See? <laughs> she loves her eyeliner. <laughs> I remember once you were in town and you were staying at my house and you didn't have any eyeliner and Jim was coming through town. That was the Jean Keys weekend. Yes. And yes. he had to bring you eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's how you guys opened up. You're like, hey, guys, we had to get eyeliner this morning before we can come and yeah. change the format of your DNA. Right. Okay. Before we can adjust your DNA, we need to get the eyeliner. And this yes. eyeliner right now that looks not so be- not so pretty. I'm glad this is a video. Amazing. Yeah, I put it on at the stoplight in uh, Mulvane, then at the stoplight in Derby, and then <laughs> I held the steering wheel with my elbow. Hey, that's called multitasking. You don't, I you'd be so proud. Drive. Oh, I hope no police officers are listening to this. I they know. might be, but I promise my you, tag no longer you says chakras, I'm good. <laughs> you, you can't get arrested for it any longer because... Uh, <laughs> okay, before we make this episode about eyeliner. All right, let's, let's um, get back on track. Let's get back, back on, on track. track. Welcome on track. to season two. First of all, <laughs> welcome, welcome Chantel. Thank you so much for joining us. But um, I, even as a listener of my own podcast, would like to know how you and Desiree met. Because you two knew each other before I met Desiree. So I met you through Desiree at her store. And I... I think I've heard the story like one time of how you guys actually met. So who uh, who's going to spill those beans for us? Have the listeners seen Chariots of Fire? <laughs> I don't know. We won't find out till they email us. So. <laughs> Speaking of emailing us. So before we get into the story. Oh, yeah. I just want to say thank you so much. We've we've gotten emails and messages from all you guys. Right? 
saying thank you for season one and how much you love it and how much you've enjoyed just hearing from us and the guests. And I just want to say thank you. You don't know how much it means to us to hear from you. To have that feedback. It was And the encouragement. And um, I, I love that. And I encourage you to keep doing that because it drives us and keeps us motivated and wanting to do more. Absolutely. Thank you so much because I did mean to say that earlier, but I'm known for tree branching. So <laughs> Well, the eyeliner. Thank you. Yeah, just what a great topic. But again, yes, thank you. Uh, we wake up in the morning Sorry, and guys. check the email. Yeah. And Unless we're like, does it look? Look what we got. Yeah. And I'm always like, Cheyenne, we got another email. Yes. Yeah, look exciting. at this. I'm so happy for you guys. <laughs> thank oh, we're you. Really, we're really, really happy too. It comes from a very humble point to know Absolutely. like, hey, we, we finally did this. Um, I said I, I was really going to try not to cuss for the season and I'm really going to. So I guess I'll edit it. Every email that I send out to our producer and Desiree at the end of it, I signed it. Uh, Cheyenne Moore, we're effing doing this. Yeah. And, and then at the end when we went live, I went, oh my God, we effing did it <laughs> because I just couldn't believe it. You know, that's and awesome. that's that's the little girl hiding, playing her piano, like swearing that she'll never sing in front of anybody. Yeah. And now I'm yeah. like, oh, yes, I'm behind a microphone again. I'm not singing yet. But th- that's a really that was a really big step for me to actually do it. And I know it was big for you, too. Yeah. And putting I, ourselves out there. Well, and I know for both big. of us, it's it's about just the um, opportunity to be a vessel. Yes. To get messages out to people who maybe haven't heard them, Mm -hmm. um, to be that safe space. I know for a fact that I've heard from several people who would not have opened themselves up to Mm -hmm. hearing some of these messages that are listening to the podcast just because it's been recommended to them or they know someone who listened to it. um, And now they're listening and they're going, hmm. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't heard that yes. before. I didn't understand it that way. Mm-hmm. And just being the vessel that's allowing people to open a door and understand something that they previously thought was taboo or just yeah different yes. than how Mi- they're now misguided hearing Misguided programming. Yeah. We're, we're just here to shed some light, be mm-hmm. a little candle in the dark. And again, we are a safe space for right. those stories. Mm-hmm. And today we are a safe space and a proud space. To have Chantel give us a lot of her wisdom. Yeah. So please, please, please (laughs) take it away, Chantel. I have all my notes in front of me. We can, we're going to heal today, my friend. (laughs) Some trauma. We're going to heal some trauma. (laughs) So we promised a story. Do you want to start? Yeah. Go ahead. I told you I tree ranch. They should be used to it. They got their (laughs) season one. They're like, Cheyenne said we were going to talk about this. Now we're going back around. Sometimes I play NASCAR with my thoughts. (laughs) We're taking another left turn. It's okay. So how'd you guys meet each other? Seriously. So um, I had been going to the, uh, working the Wichita Alternative and Holistic Fair for about, I think, I think I've been doing it about seven years or so. Mm -hmm. So a few years back. Um, Desiree was there for the first time and I'm like, who's this new person? Right. And I'm like, I don't really remember exactly 
I just remember looking at you and thinking, wow, this chick has it together. Look at all her matchy matchy. <laughs> and I'm over here with my tie dyed this and my tie dyed that and nothing matches. I'm but glad like, you brought that up. I always think that when I see Desiree, I was like, there's how one thing can I, I do? Not, it's brand. Yes. How can I not look like Eddie Vedder's sister? Like my hair is windblown. I'm in a bleached flannel and I promise I'm sober, but you always look so put together. I and I'm like your so. vagabond's friend that just got out of the back of the car. Right. I'm like, I'm, I've been here. <laughs> for seven years and I got a mishmash hodgepodge of this and that and yeah, everything and then, and then they hear this chick here the first in. time looking like she rolled out of some corporate van. She and looks I'm like, like she works for the Violet Flame. Let's be honest. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> so I'm over here in my tie-dye doing my woo-woo. Sean. And this chick's <laughs> over here in her Violet Flame producer outfit okay so anyway i had to go find out who this woman was because i'm like who are you all put together over there making me look like this yes see and i think it's the opposite because i feel like i feel like when i go to the fairs i'm i'm out of place in a bad way because Mm -hmm. people are going to the the tie-dyed and the you know they're like Mm -hmm. oh that person knows what they're doing and this person's a (laughs) a, a, you know like a poser i've always thought a poser the only people that are going to come to you are the ones that are actually ready to evolve. Mm. That's what I've noticed about being your friend. Oh. Because nice. I, I, not giving much of my story away, I had an experience with you at that same fair. And um, this was over almost three years ago now. And after I left, you're like, hey, I know you're getting ready to go through a lot. You got to go get married. You got to, I get it. You got a bunch of 3D stuff going on. But I just want you to know, like, we will work together in the future. Like, we're going to be partners in something. I don't know what. That's just what I hear. And I always believe that. And I was like, Lord, if I don't get to work with her, I am so screwed because I love her. (laughs) She makes me feel so safe. And look at us now. Look at us now. We get to be together all the time. Yeah. All the time. So this was our story. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I was. I started with chariots of fire. Yes. So, right. Yeah. You, know, you weren't there yet. So <laughs> I'm just gonna shut my mic up. You I'm weren't sorry. there yet. So this was our chariots of fire moment, not yours. I'm not even there yet. I'm so, sorry. So anyway, I we wish look at we each could other. cue that music right now. Yeah. So we look at each other and we're doing that. If you can yeah. see me now, yeah. we're doing the chariots of fire. We did. It's like our, our eyes locked and yeah. we're like. like who are you? I know I know you I'm from somewhere. Right now. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. We've had maybe we were the maybe we were you two in past life. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, anyway. I don't know. Yeah. So no, I'm I'm sorry. My my jealous bone is showing for a minute. Sorry. <laughs> I so, think it's great you're exercising it where I'm recording you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we just started chit-chatting and I did a little bit of numerology for Desiree because I, you know. I don't know. What do you remember? Well, okay. So what I remember is you come over and you're like. I live in 5D. (laughs) You were like, I don't know what you're doing, but I know I need something that's happening here. And I said, I feel the exact same way. And so I had my energy machine and my bio well machine. And you're like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Because you wanted the bio well machine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and the light table and everything. Were you needing to connect spirit and science? Is that where you were at? No, I didn't need to connect spirits and si- spirit and science. I needed for my clients to have that f- that visual so Got they would it. believe in what I was doing. Okay, yes. I just wanted to yes. check mm-hmm. that real quick. Gotcha. Sorry. Go ahead. Right. Perfect. Right. So I had I had needed. You're welcome back in now. Yeah. <laughs> 
I had needed me personally. I had needed to connect spirit and science Mm -hmm. for what I was doing. And so that's where the bio well machine and everything came in for me. And that's why I had brought that. And um, when I asked her what she was doing, because I wanted to I, I didn't know what she was doing. It's, it's kind of scary. People, it kind of becomes a show. Yeah. And I don't mean for it. I look, I, sometimes I'm totally in the zone and I look up and there's like five people standing around watching it and I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, because as soon as the doors open, when you go to one of these fairs, as soon as the doors open, Chantel is booked. Yeah. And she's booked until we close on the last day. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't get a chance to breathe. She's booked and she's, I mean, the whole time. Two shows ago, I wanted to hug her. You can't. Just, just to say hello. Like, hi, Chantel. I see you. I'm so glad you're here. Of course you're healing yeah. people, you little badass. Yeah. You know? The and, only- and I and I had to text her. I was like, I hope you didn't think that I didn't leave without saying goodbye. You were always healing people. Yeah. The only way I got time with her is because I was at the show as a, as a person, like at the show, mm-hmm. and I could be with her before or after. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't get time with her because she was booked. Yep. <laughs> so I went over to and I was like, okay, so what are you doing? And um, she was doing, I think, chakra alignment. I can't remember because she does something different every show. Because wasn't it like a pendulum work specifically use, on at I that fair? I use a pendulum. Uh huh. Yes, I use a pendulum mm-hmm. to to balance chakras. Okay. Yeah, that's how I get and, my information. Uh-huh. But she does all kinds of stuff. Yeah, everything. Like she, that's why we call her a metaphysical ambassador because she just does everything. And so that show, I believe, she was doing energy um, alignment on your chakras. And I was like, awesome. That's exactly what I need. She was doing cord cutting. She was doing cord cutting. And I had just been laid off from three different jobs. Anyway, she didn't know all this stuff, right? So mm-hmm. she, so anyway, and I had um, a relationship with, a, a friendship with someone who um, had ended recently. And Chantel's energy, um, her look, her energy, everything about her was almost like twinning to this person. And so when she came up to me, I'm like, oh, are you? Are you my friend? Are you my friend? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's a big step. Yeah, yeah. And so just everything about her I needed in my life. And um, we just instantly drew together, connected, and we were, you know, we were, we were just good. It's And from then on, I yeah. answer my phone for you. You answer your phone for me. Exactly. We're, we're called to be friends. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course... Um, then when I wrote the book on energy evolution and uh, releasing your entanglements, ancestral entanglements, of course, Chantel was there because she helped me. That weekend was very transformational for me. I write about it in my book. You know what? That weekend, I did not, I didn't realize what that weekend did for me mm-hmm. until I was planning this program. Mm. And when I realized how many times I wrote the word ancestral. Mm-hmm. The, um, I was just like, wow, that really goes back to that weekend. The other thing that I have noticed, which is very bizarre. This is a very interesting little tidbit here, and I'm still chewing on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm sorry to any family member who may hear this, but I, I, it, it's, it's factual, and, and it's about healing trauma. And if that's where some of the trauma comes from, it gets very hard, and I want to share this for your listeners. Um, it gets very hard when, obviously, much of your trauma comes from your family. Absolutely. People often don't want to write the book because they don't want the family member reading the book. They don't want to say what they need to say because they don't want the family member hearing it. Well, this is what I have to say. This is my little tiny bit of wisdom for you. They, they need to hear it 
and they need to understand that we'll come to this later, but they need to understand that that was a mutual agreement between the two of you before you came. And that, and that may, they may not understand that you may understand that they may not, Mm -hmm. but very recently my quote step-grandfather called me and he said, you need to come see your grandmother. I'm not sure how much longer it's going to be. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like days, hours, what do you mean? And he's like, well, no, but it's not going to be long. And, And she's been asking about you and you really need to come see her. And there's a very large part of my trauma that deals, that comes from that part of the family. But my grandmother has never done anything to me. She is a wonderful soul other than encourage me to be involved with a person who traumatized me mm-hmm. because she is a part of that sweep it under the rug culture. Mm-hmm. So misguided I, programming. Yes, misguided programming. Yes. yes. So I agreed. I agreed. I said this was about a month and a half ago. I agreed. And I said, I will come see her. I told my husband I was going to see my grandma. I got ready. I got in my car and I drove to Derby. I didn't go to my grandma's. I went shopping all day. I could not go to my grandma's. And it bothered me all day. All day. You just had a block. And I was arguing with myself all day. I came here to go see my grandma. Mm -hmm. I may not get to see her again. Why can't I get in my car and drive over there and see her? Mm -hmm. And so I realized that weekend of that event that we did when we let go of all that those ancestral ties Mm -hmm. I cut that cord Mm. I didn't know I cut that cord Mm -hmm. until about a month and a half ago I can't go over there I want to see my grandma Mm -hmm. but like I'm done right I'm done I will visit with her when she is on the other side Mm -hmm. and yes please I feel that you have cut the ties of obligation and conditions. And since you have figured out a way to consistently live on the frequency of unconditional love while still having a human experience. Very good. That that you're, I mean, your human side is going to process that the way that it's supposed to. You know, you do know that you love her, but you are waiting for her to cross that threshold to release her earthly entanglements that you cannot save her from. Brilliant. And then she's going to go over there and she's going to go, oh, I get it. it. Mm -hmm. You're right. And you get to have the experience that you actually need, but she's going to meet you on your level instead of you lowering or limiting yourself Due to conditional love and obligations that we all feel we have to do for family. Beautiful. Because that beautiful. of that label. Mm-hmm. So bravo for doing that because I am not going to bring up the scenarios that I am like that. But I, with friends and family, it's a continuous audit when you level up and you're like, no, I do love you. But you 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 have to see me where I'm coming from. And since you can't, I'm going to hold space for you. So if in the 3D world it looks like I'm a piece of shit that's not going to come see you on your deathbed. Fantastic. That's Cheyenne. your Fantastic. judgment. That mm-hmm. is your, if, you, if you're sliding me a gift over, I have the choice to open the gift or send it back to the receiver. And you're so intuitive that those boxes are filled with shit. <laughs> they smell when they slide them over to you. But there's a tag on it that says, oh, it's safe because the label is family. 
You right. are smart enough to repeal that label back and go, my definition of family is not conditional love and is not obligation. And if you were my family, you would honor my decision. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't understand where I'm coming from, that's your frustration to deal with. You don't get to give that to me. It's beautiful. Don't. It's beautiful. I didn't and, buy that guilt trip is what we say in my family. Yeah. And now you understand why Cheyenne is my guru. Yes. yes. Stop <laughs> it. I'm literally holding fluoride just reading a teleprompter. Fantastic. So Fantastic. I I yeah. can I can feel how hard it is for you to share that. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage. Courage I'm doesn't feel story. good. Yeah. But right? Like you would think after after you do the courageous battle mm-hmm. and you're standing on top of the mountain and you're like, ah, I did it. You're on the other side. That's where you are. We just walk to the other side of the mountain together and we release that shit together. And and the truth of the matter is one of the most beautiful things and tragic things combined at the same time is the fact that our family is given to us to hurt us more than anything else in this world mm-hmm. and help us grow. Mm-hmm. And that's just the truth of it. Yes. It is. Yes. There's there's a ride or die complex to some family members that I have where I'm like, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that one from you. I know where you're at. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And then there's others where you can't enable them to act that way anymore, so you need to remove yourself from that situation. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And that is a really great intro to the program that you're going <laughs> to no, tell us about. No kidding. Holy yes. cow. And, and, and I'll tell you that right there, you know, you guys are looking at me, quote, as the guru, I, I, every day, every day, mm-hmm. not every day, but a lot. <laughs> you know, those situations present themselves, but it's not until you've healed so much of the other stuff that you can then look at it and go, I haven't figured this out yet, but I know there's there's something mm-hmm. there, and right. I'm going to hold space for it until mm-hmm. I figure it out. Right. And, you know, just as a little aside, the other day, um, I'm standing in my, uh, I work in a school, and I'm standing in my classroom door, and this kid walks up behind me that was supposed to be coming into my room at the time, and he walked up behind me, and he went, kick, 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 kick. I about came out of my skin. So you're not an ASMR person is what I'm getting. <laughs> and this kid, he, he triggered me. Yes. And that was during the time in my life when that movie was popular and that mm-hmm. whole series was popular when a lot of my trauma was going on. Mm-hmm. And mm. I didn't, you think you've healed. Mm-hmm. You think you don't have triggers anymore until you and do. And then something happens. And then, I mean, like just saying that right now, just a few minutes ago saying that uh, my, my heart is just racing mm-hmm. and I did it and I planned it and I said it, but it is still a huge trigger for me because I used to have to hide mm-hmm. from one of the attackers. Mm-hmm. And so to me, you know, I've never been able to watch a horror movie. I've never, I mean, like. I can kind of watch them now. Can I ask what age it is really quick? Because something's popping up in my head I'm supposed to tell you. What age were, were you hiding? Was it seven years? It was seven years, three through 11. Okay. Shocker Sean. Yes. I want to tell you this, and I hope you already know it. But if not, these are for some people out there. Good deal. We talked about this on an earlier episode where we talked about kids developing their chakra systems from a young age and how they go from, you know, like they start in the root chakra, like as the newborn and the infant. Right. For the first seven years, they're in a theta brainwave state, so they're going to soak up everything. Mm-hmm. In order for you to parent your kid properly, you have to understand where they are energetically is what I've found with my daughter. 
Um, so if you're developing your root chakra, your root chakra is safety and it's home. Right. So that really didn't develop properly for you. No. But then when you tried to continuously move to the next chakra, you're okay. When you try to move to the next one, whether it's um, your creation, your worthiness and all of that, those were also disrupted and you took everything in around you, all of that that happened. So from an energetic standpoint, as you're talking and you're talking about being this kid hiding under a table to get away from this abuser, I can see what chakra is like messed up in you immediately from the beginning. And no matter when you woke up, like, oh, man, you had to go back to two, three, four, five, six and seven. That's rough. It is. That's really, really rough. And you should be really proud of yourself for being able to go back there. I've been hardcore on this journey for 10 years. Hardcore. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I spent nine years with the same therapist getting nowhere. And this was, you know, traditional. I sit across from you in the table while you sleep and I tell my story over and over and over. <laughs> and you <laughs> pretend to care about me. Right. Yeah. And I th would throw spitballs at him, my therapist, because he would fall asleep when I was talking. Mm -hmm. So the day that happened, I said, you know what? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. But I'll tell you what, that nine years, it took me nine years of telling my story till I couldn't cry anymore. And step one of my program, as we're going to come to here in a little bit, is telling your story until you can't, until you don't cry anymore. So nine years it took me to do that with someone who just sat there and listened and probably didn't hear a word I said because I never got one iota of constructive anything from that man. I went back to my um, standard medical physician and said, I need a different therapist. And she recommended a guy who had me in ship shop shape, I guess I should say, um, as I could be from that standpoint in two months time mm -hmm. by holding me accountable. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I used to think that I wasted nine years, but as we know, we don't waste anything. Everything is exactly as it should be. I was I was just going to say, okay. have you gotten to the point where you've been able to to be thankful for those nine absolutely. years? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I now see what they were for, mm -hmm. you know. And and the other thing that that was a part of that nine years is that man kept telling me um, that I needed to cut my mother off, and I said to him, I would leave there, and I would go. I can't do that. We were in that together. It was she and I. And I realized that I had to get to a point in my life. So if you're listening and you think to yourself, you know, yeah, I had trauma with this person because of this person or they're still causing me trauma, whatever. Um, and my mother's not causing me trauma. She's not. Um but I was more worried about how my being open about how that affected me would make her feel as a mother. And so I wasn't able to take the needed time that I needed for myself away from her. Um, and so that I used to leave there and go, why? And I, I finally came to the realization that I come from a family where um, if you, quote, upset someone, you tick them off, they're going to write you off. And I knew at that time in my life, I couldn't be, quote, without a mom. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't know if I would ever get to that point or if I needed to get to that point. But all I knew is that he was telling me to separate myself from my mother and he was not hearing that I can't do that right now. I still need her for whatever, whatever. Um, and so know that that sometimes it takes us a long time to figure things out and process things. And um, I feel grateful for having those opportunities because I feel like with my program that I'm hopefully going to talk to at some point today. <laughs> like um, that's the purpose. <laughs> right? I feel like I've done the work for you, so to speak. You, you are still going to have to, and I know there are many people out there. I know that. I've, I've, used their, I've read their books. I've used their programs myself. But what I have done, um, and in my world of autism, having been an autism specialist, this was kind of what I did as well. I went to every freaking training I could get my hands on, and I built my own bag of tricks. So I feel like with the trauma program that, that I am rolling out, um, I feel like I've, I haven't done the work for you, but I figured out the fastest point from A to B, if possible, the kind of work you need to do in order to get there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is this works for most people. I tried this. I tried this. I tried this. I tried this. See which one works for you. Um, and so um, I have completely lost my train of thought. I know what you were going to say, or at least where I think <laughs> you Yes, going. please go there for me. And I'm going to do it from an exemplary standpoint of when I woke up is when all of that information comes towards you over and over and over, you're like, am I supposed to be into, should I check out Reiki? Should I check out chakras? Should I do this? Like, is it okay to blend these parameters and try to figure out what works for me and what doesn't work for me? Some people want to use a pendulum. Some people don't. Some people like tarot. Some people don't. If you want your rosary, if you want your whatever divination tool, whatever calls to you, there are certain people that I've met along my journey of meeting people in the spiritual community, that they're called to one thing. Connie at New Age Center, she will bring your loved ones back to you. That's her calling. That's what she knows she wants to do. She has shut down every other pathway because this. she knows that this is her purpose. And what I've <clears throat> noticed with us three is we, we're like the apple of Eden. We are knowledge. We are going to walk into that paradox for you through our own trauma, that is a part of our soul contract. I will go find all of this out for you and I will be so vulnerable and I will tell you what worked for me and what didn't. And then I'm going to be as candid as possible and you get to pick and choose from the vulnerability that I gave you and the safe space that I provided you and you get to go work on what you need. And what you have done is you have made a phenomenal program of, hey, Here's a step-by-step guide if you just woke up and realized that you just are living wrong and you have been disconnected from your soul. Here's how you get back. And it's actually super normal. It bridges spirit and science from the absolute beginning. It gives you introspection. And from the absolute beginning, you start trusting the inner voice that led you to me in the beginning. I can't teach you to give a shit. You're going to come and tell me, hey, I finally give a shit about my mind, body, and spirit. Can you help me? And energetically, intuitively, knowingly, we connect and we, we bridge those gaps together. 
it's a team building exercise. You're not the guru and they didn't put you up on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. But if they come to you and you're on a pedestal, it is up to you to have the humility to go, hey, I'm not on a pedestal. I was you. I'm on the other side of the mountain and mm -hmm. you are safe. I'm going to walk you by the wolves. I'm going to show you that you can walk in the moonlight. And I'm going to show you that that darkness you're scared of is yourself. And they just really need some extra love. Right. You can't fight fire with fire. Don't be afraid of the shadow. Don't be afraid of the shadow. Mm -hmm. You are a guide. You right. are walking people through that darkness with them. And you are doing it in the way that the humans, <laughs> the humans, <laughs> you are doing it. Not one are you? I'm not a human. I'm an alien. Um, but you're, you're translating it through the five senses that most people that are going to come to you have. So, well, and one thing you said, I think is really important because a lot of us will understand that we have trauma because we remember it at the age of three, at the age of five, at the age of seven. Mm -hmm. We remember that trauma. We've grown up with it. We tell our story. We cry about our story. And then there's others of us that grow up going, my life wasn't that bad. My life wasn't that bad. I don't have trauma. And then we wake up one day and we go. Oh my God. That's why I, am. I have so much freaking trauma and yes. I didn't even know it. And then we go seeking Chantel Shoot mm -hmm. and her trauma program mm -hmm. saying, I don't know what trauma I actually have. I just know it's living inside my body and I don't know how to get it out. Yes. yes. And then when I, you know, speaking from that standpoint, the first time that um, I work on someone that, that has never had their chakras balanced. They learn so much about themselves mm -hmm. that, and realms, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that they didn't even know about and, or they didn't realize was affecting them. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I am so incredibly vested in chakra work is because I have seen the power. And again, it's one of the things that's been hidden from us because it is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And learning why you are the way you are, learning what aspects of you are overactive, underactive, unbalanced in any sense of the word, and then diving into why is it this way is, it's so incredibly powerful. And then, you know, here it's been 10 years, I've been working on these seven chakras you know, trying to get my root chakra to, you know, I mean, <laughs> like the correct foundation. Right. That's all right. you're doing. Exactly. You're just building a proper foundation. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so everything that can ever be an issue with a root chakra, you know, it's, it's, it's been an issue for me because of, as Cheyenne said, where I was during that time in my life. Mm -hmm. And so you think you've gotten to a certain point and, you know, there's no more. And then something happens like happened at work the other day. And then mm -hmm. I had another episode happen this year at work, which I have a history of not staying at a job for very long because, A, I don't put up with people's business. B, I'm not going to stay where I'm not wanted. And sometimes I'm not for everyone. And I realized this year what the letter C is. Someone got mad at me at work and... I was ready to walk out the door. And it dawned on me right then and there. I say it dawned on me. Spirit bonked me over the head <laughs> and said, um, when you were being traumatized, every time something happened, you ran out the door. And I went, 
oh my goddess that's where that comes from Mm -hmm. that's why i haven't stayed at a job for more than five years in my entire life because all i ever knew for the first 11 years of my life was to run when it feels ugly run yes Mm -hmm. yes and it's a protection mechanism as well Mm -hmm. i'm 48 dang years old that it took me to figure that out so sometimes you know it takes you a while to dig through enough of the poo poo mm-hmm. to get to the the true root cause of yeah. certain things. So, so, not to cut you off, but when we were on the phone, I don't even know if you knew that you said this, but I wrote it down because it oh, was revolutionary do. for me. You said you need to understand yes. to understand. Yes, and that that's just what keeps repeating in my head. I'm like, people need to write that on post it. And just look at it. <laughs> just tattoo it across her forehead. <laughs> Maybe not on your forehead. But I have post-its. Where so I'm no post Malone. That, huh? was, that, was, that was profound. The inner stand to understand was wow. Yeah. I got that from you. And seriously, it's right there. It's cool. going to be here forever. Cool. <laughs> I'm getting buried with my notebooks. You're buried oh, with me now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all my books, all my notebooks, all my mm-hmm. little scratches of paper. All, yes, all my well, little. And that's exactly what life does is it gives us those lessons over and over again because we're at different levels of being able and ready to understand what it's trying to tell us. So we might get this little bit of it now, and then the next time we get that lesson, we're getting another little bit of it, and we can process it, right? Yep. Um, and understanding where we are with that trauma and what we can now deal with. Very good. Very good. Yes. Well, I need you to get into this program because you're yep. teasing these people. <laughs> you're teasing them. So we tell your story until you don't cry anymore. It was a really revolutionary thing for me to hear from you as well. So what do you do after you don't cry about your story and you know it's matter of fact? So I know that's step number one, but I want to go back and I want to say something prior. To, I want to go back and say something prior to step number one. Mm-hmm. This is critical, and you can't re-listen to this statement enough. If you have trauma, you have to understand that you planned that trauma before you came into this life. And if you were traumatized in some way by person X, what if in the life before this, you did worse than that? To person X. And as a part of your karma, you agreed in this life, okay, person X, I don't know why, but I'm I'm gonna have to let you do this to me now because I did worse to you in a previous life. And I tell you, you know, I used to ask myself, why, why, why would I ever allow someone to do this to me? If I plan my life. And I have these soul contracts with people. Why would I allow them to do this to me? And I'm going to throw a book out there right away because, you know, we are all about helping people heal in whatever manner they have to to heal in. And the book, Your Soul's Gift by Robert Schwartz, was revolutionary for me in understanding why a person might allow someone to rape them, torture them, be an alcoholic raising them. Um, anything you can ever imagine that might be traumatic. Or you think you can't move past because 
this happened to me. This is my trauma. This is, I, I live my life through trauma lenses. Yes. Yes. It, it really makes you rethink. And then you just realize, you know what? I did this to me. I say that to myself all the time. When something bad happens and I think I can't get past it, I stop and I say, I did this to me. And then I say, okay, why did I do this to me? What am I supposed to learn? And sometimes I get it immediately. And sometimes I have to continuously go through days or weeks or months saying, okay, what am I supposed to learn? And it will eventually come just like I'm 48 years old. And I just learned that I'd run from jobs because of what happened when I was a child. So Mm -hmm. It's a great mindset that you flip, though, because I know even before I had my little dial flip on me from my trauma lenses to living in gratitude and understanding that, you know, I am I am connected to a higher power. It was me that was blocking it. It was my life experiences is if something bad would happen. It's so easy to claim the victim title Mm -hmm. and be like, why? Why is this happening to me? And now I'm always like, why is this happening for me? Exactly. Who knows what's That's good or beautiful. bad? I love those. Yeah. I, and you I say that, love that about you all the time. And I mean, I'm. I feel put together today and I'm really happy, but that's because I'm living my purpose today and I'm literally doing what I'm supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. which is interviewing you and hanging out with my bestie over here. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I, I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's not everything I'm supposed to be doing. So I have days where I get frustrated because I'm not doing what I think my purpose is at that time. And then a voice comes in my head and says, the resistance is you right now. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. It's nobody else. The only thing you're supposed to do right now is come home and hang out with your husband and hang out with your kid. Make sure your dogs get fed and give them love and give them attention. And when I come home and I have my family time, I'm like, okay, I have family time, but I also need to go write a notebook about all the things that we're going to do next week. And I have to do this. (laughs) And my mind goes a million miles a minute. And as you guys know, all I want to do is talk. I can't freaking stop. So imagine going home to my husband who's like, oh, God, she's coming home and she's not going to stop talking. (laughs) So I've had to put a collar on myself in those moments of frustration. And why do I do this? And why do I do this? And I'm like, "Okay, (laughs) why is this happening for me? Your brain is a receiver. Feed it the proper question to get the accurate response. So let me ask you this, because it's something that I struggle with. Um, Why is this happening for me? I know in my soul that is the right question to ask, and I do get to that point occasionally. Mm -hmm. But my default and my most common place is why is this happening to me? So... As a listener, not because Carolyn it's, Mace says because it did. <laughs> but how do I? That's super funny. <laughs> I love Carolyn Mace. Um, so how do I? How do I develop the muscle that mm-hmm. stops myself from going? Why is this happening to me? And starts going? Why is it? Why is this happening for me? How did you do that? I have a very long answer that I'm going to breadcrumb okay. because. She actually talks a lot about unbinding yourself from yourself. Okay. Um, One, we've already talked about how everybody is a mirror for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really big for me. But you can also be a mirror for yourself. You're okay. So everybody picture the infinity sign. Okay. Right. It's continuously going. At the beginning of the infinity sign, put a little stick figure and that is your inner child. 
Okay. In the middle of the infinity symbol is you right now, your present human experience. And at the end of it is your future self. Okay. Do I have to be an old person? You are your future self. So if you're a goddess, right? Yes, I am. You're a goddess. Because your future self is like your higher self. Okay. That's what you should think of it as. All right. It's the all overseeing. It's the all encompassing. your hair is periwinkle. Yes. (laughs) So what you should get from this picture I'm building in your head is that you are the translator for your past self, your present self, and your future self. Okay. So there's a Buddhist context that says if you feel depressed, you're living in the past. And if you're feeling anxious, you're living in the future. future. So if you can figure out a way to be in the present moment and see what the present moment is actually supposed to teach you, then that is the key. If you need steps to get there, Chantel's actually about to tell you about eliminating all negative self-talk. We're going to get into affirmations and retraining your brain. I'm going to get into the neuroplasticity in your brain and how to break that down. But that's step 12. Okay. All right. So I will stay tuned. Yes, I will interject that back. But again, the infinity symbol, if you realize if you're sitting there and you have just now realized that you have an unworthiness complex and you keep outsourcing your love because you're an overgiver and because you just want to be loved so bad. You have to understand your infinite power and you are the translator for all of yourselves. No matter what your belief is, you're still the translator for your inner child trauma that needs to be released. But that timeline you can actually go back to. You can go sit with that child under that table and you can go back in your mind and be like, I remember when I was sitting at that table, I thought a guardian angel had come to me and And protected me. me and it was me. It was my future self that came back. And that is getting into physics. (laughs) And we don't need to go there. But if you, again, understand that you are the infinite translator of every being of yourself, just in that alone, you realize how powerful you are. Mm -hmm. And you realize you're not a human having a spiritual experience. You're a spirit having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And then you put your hands in front of your face like the shrooms just kicked in. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I didn't get any shrooms. Welcome. 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 This is your safe space. This is your safe space. (laughs) I wish I liked mushrooms. Dang it. Uh, Well, maybe we can talk about microdosing on a later episode. But again. um, Okay. 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 We'll go back to the program. We will go back to the program. She's going to tell us how you kind of unfold from, okay, now I realize there's a trauma in my body. Okay. Where do I go? I have one other thing actually to add. Okay. Um, When I talked about the fact that you plan this for yourself, all right, the other thing that is very important for anyone who has suffered a lot of trauma to understand is that I'm pretty sure there's a 99.9% chance that your purpose is to learn how to heal your own trauma and then help others heal their trauma. 100%. Okay. You go there. <laughs> I always, that was a revelation for me. I was like, there's no freaking white horse. I'm the white horse. <laughs> oh my gosh. You better make her pretty. This is exciting. She oh, can yeah. wear tie-dye. Yeah, I'm great now. I always like to say that uh, big things don't happen to small people. Mm-hmm. But dynamites do come in small packages, and those are for all my four foot five friends. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're not short. <laughs> You're fine. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm five four, but I am not small. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're hilarious. <laughs> all right, take it away. Okay. So, step number one. Okay, so 
Say you want to just jot these down and work on them on your own. You go because all I'm about is helping others heal. That's all I'm about. I don't care how you get there. If I can help you, great. If you need a little more uh, help, then I'm here for you. So buy your program if you want to buy your program. You, do it on your own if you don't. That's right. If you yes. want to just jot down step one, two, through to 18, you do that. Um, so the awesome. first the first aspect is tell your story until you don't cry anymore. And that's when you know that you have healed. People will ask me all the time, how can you tell your story so matter-of-factly? I'm like, well, I told it to a dude three times a week for nine years who I don't <laughs> even think responded to me. So um, if you have to listen to it, if you have to write it, if you have to go to support groups, if you have to record it into your phone, if you have to make videos, whatever you have to do to tell that story until you don't cry anymore. Um, and you know something that's interesting, and I don't know if my sister, I don't know if my family will ever hear this, but one of the things my sister has, my sister has actually said to me and my mother at times that she feels like we're not even telling the we're not even telling the truth about this. And I'm like, how could I tell such a story and not be telling the truth? And apparently I have told it so many times that I tell it with literally no emotion now. And, mm. and you know, maybe that's another part of the healing is completely removing that emotion from, from telling the story. Bingo. You observe, you don't attach. That's the other mm -hmm. flip of not living through your trauma lenses that happened to me as well. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that you can say matter of factly in your life. And I struggle with it all the time. They're like, that can't be real because if it was, you'd be bawling on the ground right now. And I'm like, no, you'd be bawling on the ground right now because you're not as healed as me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for showing me where you are. I love you where you are. Take Beautiful. Your, take your gift back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the next step um, is to get rid of all negative self-talk. You want to talk about a chore. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when I said that I switched from therapists that was the very first thing the man did that I went to see. He gave me a list of 12 things, and he said, you go home and you memorize these 12 things and you come back. He said, and you never forget, number one, control what you can and let the rest go. And so when I memorized these, these 12 things, um, a lot of the information in those 12 things had to do with removing your negative self-talk. He also assigned me a book. The very first time I saw him, it's a very old book. I have actually ordered, I think, all the copies I could ever find off of Amazon because <laughs> I would order them every time I would see them and give them to people because it was an old book. I'm sure there are a million out there written by somebody else now. Um, but it was called, um, the, the author was Butler, and it was called, um, oh, I can't even, now I can't even remember the name of it. But anyway... Well, if you remember it, we'll link a we'll link it on the episode. Perfect. Perfect. I just want to say that she bought a bunch of <laughs> New Earth books and would drop them places, and then I just leave them places. And and then you just said the same thing, and I'm like, you guys are right on cue for your friendship. I mean, when you find a book, you have to make sure people have it right. Well, when it's you know when it's life changing, and when people would mm -hmm. tell me. So I will tell you, I used to be one of the most negative people you would ever meet in your life. Nothing positive came out of my mouth. And now, the second I meet a negative person, I'm just like, I know where you are. Yeah. yeah. Come here. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Well, it's hard to be around that kind of. It's like it's like when you used to be a smoker. Not that I ever was one. <coughs> <laughs> and then you go around a smoker, it's hard to be around them, just the smell, the energy, everything. It's, well, it's, it's the difficult. lack of awareness that they yeah. have, too, that you mm-hmm. realize. And that's where loving them where they are is so right. important because it's not your job to wake everybody up. Right. You don't get to walk. I mean, if my family listens, they're like, yeah, we tell her, we've told her she's know it all since she was a kid. You can't know everything. <laughs> that's not right. That's oh, funny. Okay. I, I had a boss tell me once, not everybody can be Desiree. And I took yes. it. And, and when they said it to me, I'm like, Oh, I know. Isn't that nice? And then later on in life, I'm like, oh. Oh, she was being the B word. Oh, that's what she, okay. Okay, so (laughs) so that's so funny that you guys both bring that up because my mom used to constantly say to me, no, you don't know, because my response to everything was, I know. I know. (laughs) We do know because we are connected. And, and. Right. Like, I look back now and I'm like, but I did know. Yeah. You know how I was able to release that was in 2011, I came across a website that printed out a soul um, evolution chart through your lifetimes. And it gives you the personality traits of a, like a new soul versus an old soul. And the old soul is how you know they're an old soul is literally the phrase I know. And when I read that, I thought of every time that I actually would know the answer. Mm-hmm. And the adult was really pissed right. that like <laughs> I had the answer and they didn't. Yeah. So then I... I decided to memorize a couple things out of the Bible because people with Bibles would rather hit me over the head with it than open it up and be like, look. Um, so Timothy 4.12, I don't need to quote it because I just want you to go Google it, is what <laughs> I would always tell people after I found it. I found it at probably like age 18, 19. Oh my gosh, and, I have to Google it and when I And when I finally, when I realized it wasn't me, because for the longest time I was like, oh, I'm too much. Oh, I'm too dramatic. Let me just go fucking kill myself because nobody wants me around. Right. And it's Been supposedly there. all me, right? Has nothing to do with them. I'm rebellious. I'm this. I'm that. Um, when I realized it was because um, I actually did know. And they just couldn't stand the fact that I was young or that I was I was this. I was that. I was their kid. I was their cousin. I was their friend. Or maybe it's resentment that they had built up towards me, which is what I find a lot, especially with family. Mm-hmm. Um, is they have resentment that they don't even know about you. They have an image of who you are and where you stop in their head. And if you go past that, it's like a bridge that isn't built and their car just flew off into the river. Yeah. And it's your fault. I mean, it's not. Right. right. But that was a really, really big breakthrough for me, too, is I'm like, I'm have not, ever, have I'm you not ever too read much. The, a New Earth, by the way? Um, yeah, so my stepmom got it for me and I dabbled in it. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say I dabbled. Like it will give you some answers. Yeah. Note okay. to self. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Note. I know I've never mentioned it. No. No. <laughs> you, I don't even know who Eckhart Tolle is. Okay. <laughs> Note to self on the I know thing. Mm-hmm. So after I realized this, my uh, youngest child, yeah, he does know. <laughs> and so when he was about four, we were all riding in the car and we were all arguing about something. And I said, just listen to him. He knows. Oh, gosh. <laughs> now you can't lose. That's yeah. breaking generational trauma, though. It is. But let yeah. me tell you. It's hard. Now he, uh, so his gene key, okay, his his top pearl yeah. is to realize that other people are not idiots. Oh. <laughs> Love them where they are. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And you gave him that pearl, by the way. No, And I told him too. I said, by the way, I called him when I did it. And I I called him and I said, I just want to tell you something. He goes, yeah, what? This is some spiritual stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Just listen. (laughs) And I said, "Um, you know what you have to achieve in this life? And he goes, you're going to tell me. And I said, you're right. And I said, it's to not think everyone else is an idiot. And he goes, okay, (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye. Then he called me about a month or two later and he goes, guess what mom and I go what and he goes I've realized that people just do them and I'm okay with them just doing them and I'm like that happened that fast what because um, all, all you have seeds. to do is be aware that's right <laughs> yeah you plant seeds in people yeah. and it's got to mm-hmm. be the most frustrating to you only want to help mm-hmm. I know it sounds like I'm a know-it-all but I have the pure I didn't even I didn't even ask you for money you're going to go sit in somebody's office that doesn't give a shit about you and pay them an astronomical amount of money because they went to a college that got to put a price tag on how they're going to evolve you. I'm a free phone call away. I will talk to you as long as you need. I will give you everything that God is telling me to give you. And the only reason you don't want to believe it is because of that's where you are, your trauma, and where you're at. And after you hang up the phone and don't call me for a freaking year because I rattled your freaking cage, guess what? I loved you the whole time. That's a really powerful place to be yes, as a is. human being and a healer, quote unquote. Um, I don't I don't label myself anything. If I do, I really do call myself an alien. But <laughs> I understand how hard it is to be at that point, and especially with your kid. My kid's too, so she's like kind of <laughs> figuring her stuff out right now. But I... I'm trying to heal myself to where when she gets to those points and I recognize that, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm just going to. She knows too. I'm going to let you know right now, as evolved as you are, your kid, like, you're, you need to be prepared. She's the evolution. She's the <laughs> new you. earth. She's, right. But she's That's right. But yeah. she's also what the world needs. Oh, yes. absolutely. So if I, if I limit her in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. I'm doing her future self a disservice. Right. But, but, and. And you have to know, you have to know, (sighs) you have to be prepared for the fact that you are going to mess her up. Yeah, I did. Uh, We, we were carrying her into just the bedroom the other day and our head hit the door. (laughs) Well, I mean, and I said, you're (laughs) (laughs) like, obviously you're going to hit her head at some point. I've already messed up. It's been two years. Like, Like she's going to come to you at like, if you work for DHS, you're not listening, right? Yeah. Yeah. At 18, she's going to come to you and be like, mom, you sucked. And you're going to be like, how? I did everything right. And she's going to be like, you didn't. So, I actually already knew this was going to happen. Yeah. So I have a notebook for Monroe. And I'm actually um, confessing to her when I mess up immediately. Aww. I'm dating it and I'm time stamping it. And I'm I'm writing her notes like every day when I'm actually struggling and being her mother. Wow. And I'm not going to hide the, I'm not going to hide how I messed up, how I quote unquote messed up in my life. Those are my life lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if there's any time in her life where she wants to know where I was at, at what age she was at, I'm going to be like, hey, um, flip to this page. I mean, do like, I don't know, uh, December 2023. That was really rough for me. 
Hope I'm not foreshadowing anything in my life right now. I don't right. mean to manifest that. Right? Um, Pull that one back in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm like, can you, if you, like, if you think that I failed you, you have every right to know that. But yeah. I'm also going to give you all the information available to what I was going through at the time because mm-hmm. I wasn't fine then. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't fine. And I tried to do the best I could at the time with the information that I had. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Those are my words. Have I yeah. ever said that to you? No, my mom <laughs> said it to me when I came back acting yeah. like okay you know, i was like mom look at all this shit in my childhood she's like i did the best that i could but and I was still like, be willing because right. i still be willing right. to say i'm sorry because no matter i don't need even, an apology i just need i need you to understand that i am the evolution of you for yeah. my for all for all yes. of my parents out there i'm well, the evolution even if you of don't you. need right. the apology you deserve the apology because even though here's here's my point of view and on so it. here's the uh, yeah uh, totally this is the enabler in yeah me. my mom sat at my feet crying and said to me, I am so sorry for what I put you through. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, you did the best you could with what you had at that time. Yeah. And you have to forgive yourself for not knowing. Yes, exactly. Time. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's where I'm in. That's why I'm yeah. like, I don't need her. I just, I came, I came back home to my family when I had like my awakening. I was like, yeah. can mom, can I talk to you about seeing dead people? And she's like, totally. <laughs> you know, and she's sitting there and she starts telling me stories about like our grandma who actually did have the site, but she got it shut down because of her Catholic beliefs. Yeah. If I wouldn't have had that vulnerable conversation with my mom, I was in absolute bliss, might I add. Mm-hmm. I had an ego death. I was living <laughs> in absolute bliss. I saw the truth. I knew what I was supposed to do. But then I also had to come back down because I was flying a little too high. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I didn't come back here to tell you that you were a bad parent because you weren't. You you were the most amazing, amazing person ever. You. Yeah. And I told her that I since I was a kid, I picked you for all of these reasons. I'm coming back now because I want you to know that the reason that you treated me this way is because of this in you. And this still needs healed in you. My, one of the things my mom said to me after like I could like start seeing things and like futuristic timelines that are potential happening based on what's going on right now. She said, will you tell me Will you tell me if, like, I'm going to die or if you know that anybody's going to die? And I was like, I mean, I guess. But now we're getting into a conversation of discernment. And are, am, am I supposed to deliver that message to you? What's that going to do to you? Mm-hmm. What if I tell you you're going to die in two weeks? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Are you are you really going to figure out how to save yourself in two weeks? Are you going to accept that maybe you're actually supposed to die in two weeks? So through my study of my emotional body and being with Desiree and BioWell, I understood energetically that my mom had a lot of stuff still stored in her body that was manifesting into physical diseases. Yep. What whatever those are, those those are her whatever trauma she's been through, those her. But through my healing, I understood her better. And it wasn't just because she was my mom. It I looked at my mom as another soul. I looked at my mom as she had her soul contract, she had her life lessons, she has her karma. You're not just my mother anymore. We're all souls that come from the same source. Then you go home and tell your mom that. (laughs) And it's not that she doesn't want to receive it. It's that it's really hard for her because she's not there yet. Or is it her path to understand how evolved I'm coming back? Right. And then at the end of the day, she will be like, yeah, when you were a kid, you always used to say, I, I picked you. So from the moment Monroe was born, I'm changing her diaper. She's newborn. She can, you know, just look up at the ceiling and be like, I'm a newborn. And I would be like, 
as I'm changing her diaper because it smells, I'd be like, thank you so much for picking me to be your mom. I don't know why you picked me. I'm so terrified. I'm going to screw you up. And guess what? I probably am. But we're in this together. You picked me for reasons. I want you to know that you're safe. From the moment I found out about you, I took care of myself better than I've ever been able to. And yes, I'm going to mess up, but you are so safe here. You are so heard. And I'm going to help guide you. I'm going to show you your emotional cold from the beginning. I'm going to show you chakras. I'm going to show you how the human connection is keeping all of us alive because that's what we're all missing right now is that connection. So there's a lot of things that I had to experience with my mom and with my dad and with all of the other influences. Like I have a stepmom too who's been there my whole life. She's my shishi. We get to go crystal shopping when I go home. I'm so excited. Like that's where we're at. Um, But I needed all of those experiences to make me the mother that I am now with Monroe. And Mm -hmm. I am so aware of when something happens to me now Mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh, shit, that's eight-year-old shy coming out. Well, we're not going to pass that along to her. Mm -hmm. And I physically stomp on the ground and I call out the generational trauma that I just let go of. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all my guides and I clap together and we turn on a song and we dance. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. Here I am taking the show away again. Dang it, Chantel, <laughs> this is your episode. No, but I, that was I beautiful, do, and I love it. I do want to interject like per, personal references. No, it's yeah. very so important. Thank you, thank you because for letting I've, me continue I, to take I over. personally have passed on a lot of my trauma to my children, and I know that. Even I can see it as it's happening, and I can't stop myself. But did you know that you gifted me a Gene Keys weekend when I was pregnant because true. you knew that you did that to your kids? Right. That's so true. since you learned that lesson, you're like, hey, Shy. And I remember saying to I you, need, it is so critical that this happens while that baby's in your belly. Well, I couldn't yeah. afford I couldn't afford it. There was oh no way. Gosh, I wasn't yeah. working and I'm I was at home with Landon. And Landon's like, you don't need to work. The only thing you need to do is make yourself healthy enough to make sure that our baby can come into this world. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I had I really struggled with with having a purpose and just existing that was what I had to learn through my whole pregnancy you're building a beautiful human that's your job yeah he would come home from work and I'm like I'm so tired I made a lung today (laughs) (laughs) goodness apparently we're doing the foot tomorrow you know like it's hard yeah so I did all that and energetically I Mm -hmm. was wondering I was like am I gonna hurt her Mm -hmm. doing this gene keys Mm -hmm. and Chantel and I actually talked about this candidly I said do you remember at the end of gene keys when I just I couldn't even write on the ground anymore Mm -hmm. I couldn't be a part of any of the healing that you wanted me to go through Mm -hmm. I had to shut down because now I was fearful that what I was releasing I was going to give to Monroe even Mm -hmm. though I was releasing it I was like I can't feel this with you in my stomach it actually devastates me Mm -hmm. and I haven't admitted to myself that XYZ is still devastating me Mm -hmm. so we're gonna push this off until after Monroe gets out because She's the she's the reason that my body is alive right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not alive for Cheyenne. I'm not alive for my marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm not alive for anybody. I am feeding myself. I am being as proper as I can so I can bring you into this world because I know you have a purpose and a part of your purpose is making sure I birth you properly. Mm-hmm. So that was really big for me. But I wouldn't have had that if you didn't go through your trauma. Mm-hmm. And then you go, hey, I know where you are. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Like you've done so many times in our friendship and gene keys is what really, really helped me know the trauma that I could work on while I'm pregnant and know that um, God's delays aren't God's denials. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. a really, really big one for me. Whatever God is to you, I still love using the terminology, but mm-hmm. it's higher power source, whatever mm-hmm. that 
that was just revolutionary mm -hmm. to me. And I still mess up on my parenting, but mm -hmm. I think you have to mess up to have the awareness. Yeah. And then you start building the correct pathways. Yeah. Um, I read something on Kendra's Facebook. It said sometimes choosing who you are is also choosing who you don't want to be anymore. Right. And I've had to do that with parenting because I recognize, like, if I do something with Monroe, I'm like, oh, I remember when my mom did that to me. I remember when my dad did that to me. I remember when my cousin did that to me. Yeah. And I didn't like that. Right. So I don't want to give that feeling to Monroe. Why don't we learn a new pathway? Mm -hmm. And life is so freaking exciting because every moment, every day, I actually live in a world where I stop and smell the roses mm -hmm. and I probably look super weird to everybody because I just I'm laid everywhere walk. I go <laughs> yeah I just go a little like I'll pull over on the side of the road if the sky looks like a picture I need to have me too yeah it doesn't matter and it helps because I just I'm get publishing out my phone my book. and take the picture which is probably why I, I do that sometimes yeah too. but <laughs> that's what I'm saying like hey yeah. you have to be here at 11 why well, I'm gonna be there at 11 15 because I'm putting my eyeliner on at three different stop signs <laughs> see, see you later sis you do you. Right. Yeah. Do what you yeah. can control and let go of everything else. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, why we're here, Desiree, thank you for yeah. the gene keys. Absolutely. That was that was my bridge of spirit and science. And I'm like, okay, everything I've experienced I think is true. <laughs> well, I mean, actually it was energy evolution and we incorporated gene keys. And but... I know you say that. I know. But I know. it was so it, profound it, no, to it was. sit there. And the gene keys was a big part of it. And it then really Chantel was. did a meditation where she swore I passed out because I was snoring. But it's actually because I was a little fat and um maybe you just left the planet no yeah she's like <laughs> the meditation gets over and she goes did you mm, cheyenne did you, you get still here did you get anything out of that because you were snoring <laughs> and i was like dude i was on pluto yeah. like yeah. let me tell you what i just saw and then i like started crying about immigration at the border because i'm so freaking that. sick of hearing about about everybody just like everybody was talking about immigration it at the time and they're like enough. you can't be in our country because this is our country mm -hmm. and i was like they're people you have no idea what they're running from yeah do you want to go get killed by a cartel because you can't pay money to Last survive I in checked, a country? this isn't our country either unless I we're 100 native american yeah <laughs> thank you for saying that but hearing like hearing that the masses saying that and i'm like lord I know that these are invisible borders and I can't believe that I'm spending, you know, my meditation showed me that, hey, I'm actually angry. I actually have um, issues with a lot of friends and families based on their views because they don't see the humanity in people anymore. They see um, they see a politician that they should vote for. They see a law that needs to be projected out into the world. And I'm like, I'm so sick of it. I'm Switzerland. I'm here for people. I'm here for unity. And I'm here to kick this divide out of the way. So if you come to me and you don't think that someone should cross our border because of taxes, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. I have actually lost transmission with you. And <laughs> I am literally standing here sending you unconditional love because you are not where I am. And I'm okay with that. But I, I want the unification back. I don't I don't want to be in any divisive thing whatsoever, which, again, is why I don't vote. <laughs> Just so you know. Well, we have another tree branch. We have so many tree branches. I think you should get used to them. This I mean, program like, is 18 months long, and we're on month one and a half. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. We're gonna we're gonna move on to yeah. heal your life. Start forgiving yourself. Forgive yourself for not being able. We're just gonna touch on those. Okay. So another very important part that many people 
do not yet even realize in their lives is that they are empathic. And you need to recognize when it's your energy versus the other person's energy. And this is so important because all of the trauma that I went through, all of the things that affected me physically, made me physically sick because of so much stress that I went through, um, I didn't know I was an empath. I mean, I'm, I'm older than Cheyenne. I'm a different generation than Cheyenne. And so I didn't understand all of that. It took me till a little later in life to understand that I had been absorbing everyone else's everything. And I mean, my fingers, if you look at your fingers, and I also do palm reading, if you look at your fingers and you have lines in your fingers, all right, lines in your fingers have to do with empathicness. I'm 48 years old and my fingers already look like raisins. I have taken in so much from everyone else because I didn't know how to block it or that I needed to block it or that it wasn't even mine. And, you know, Cheyenne mentioned the suicide uh, thing earlier that that's, that's going to be part of her story, but I have had three legitimate episodes in my life where I wanted to die because of the pain that I felt and I just couldn't get rid of it. And lo and behold, none of it was mine to be had anyway. It was all stuff that I was taking on from other people and the environment. And so when I learned, A, that was a fact, and B, how to transmute that energy, that changed everything for me. Um, There were a couple of other things that changed that for me. But right now we're talking about understanding when it's your energy, when it's someone else's energy. And just one little tidbit on that. When... You feel fine and you walk into a room and you immediately either A, know that there's something going on that is very thick and heavy and nasty and that what did you just walk in on? Or B, you suddenly just feel completely different. You're like, I felt fine a minute ago. Why do I feel like this now? That's when you need to realize that you are picking up the energy of either the room something in the room, seen or unseen, or the energy of the people around you. And and there's more, there could be more. But if that's not something that you recognize, um, that might be something that you need to to start attending to. I think that's a really great example. Um, I always struggled when I was younger to explain why I would always shift like one one minute I'd be in a good mood, the next minute I'm a complete sucker. And they want to label us all bipolar and stick us on medications. Yeah. We're well, just really you're just I somebody else's I energy. I went to the doctor. I was like, this is what I'm experiencing. I freaking Wikipedia it. I Googled it. I <laughs> must be schizo and bipolar. Right. I must be all of these things. Please give me a label so I can survive right. this this madness. Yes. And I, I'm glad that, you know, they, they didn't label me. They're like, no. <laughs> You're not. You're fine. <laughs> we don't know what you are, but, <laughs> but we're not, not giving these. you meds. Yeah, but we're not giving you meds. <laughs> so um, that's a that's a critical part of healing your own trauma is being able to recognize, you know, what you're what you're picking up on that's yours and what what is not yours. Um, we've already talked about, um, I think, pretty in depth already, the fact that you plan this. So we can skip mm-hmm. over that one, but that is something that um, we will go in depth with on the program is 
understanding, you know, doing some meditations and, and understanding how that came about. Um, the next thing is, oh, we've covered that too. We've done a good job. We've covered a lot of these. Just <laughs> we have, right yeah, we have done a really okay. good job. So number four is know, in knowing that you planned it, um, the sooner you learn to ask yourself, what am I supposed to learn from this? So we've kind of already talked on that. Um, the next thing, okay, so the next thing that I think is really important, we have kind of touched on, but um, I, I just want to do a little bit more. And that in terms of having energy work um, done by a chakra specialist, the first thing that I do when someone comes to me and they want chakra work done, um, like someone comes to me and I offer, you know, different, even different chakra balancing programs. Like if you're familiar with them and you just know you need some work done, I have some people that come to me on a very regular basis to have that done. Cool, fine. You know what needs to be done. I just do the work for you. I'm the lightning rod. That's all. It's not me. I'm just the lightning rod channeling that 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 energy to you. You're the vessel. I'm the vessel. I, I call myself a lightning rod because when I get home, sometimes if I haven't protected myself mm. well, I am done. Mm. Um, by the end yeah. of a fair on Thursday, when I've, I mean, on Sunday afternoon, I don't even know what day it is. By the end of a fair <laughs> on a Sunday, you know, I usually Exhausted. by noon on Sunday, I am done. And it just doesn't seem to matter how well I protect myself or, or, you know, it's just my body is, is tired. That's mm -hmm. why I go to the fairs on Friday. Right on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, the people yeah. who know, they're there on Friday. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but you have to then, when you come the first time, if I give you, and you and you want the quote, full meal deal, um, I give you a series of questions that relate to each one of your chakras. And I go over each one of your chakras, um, you know, what kind of balance were they? You know, were they overactive? Were they underactive? Were they completely closed? Uh, you know, what was going on with them? And then when I give you the sheet of questions, obviously, when you walk out of there, you may throw that in your bag and you may never look at it again. But I will tell you that that was the changing moment for me. The first time I had my chakras balanced and the woman gave me a series of questions um, and I went home and I dove hardcore into those questions. I think I might have even called in sick a day from work, you know, took a mental health day. And I sat down with everyone else gone for the day. And I think I journaled for eight hours on the answers to those questions. I was blown away at the things I did not know that I believed because someone else told me that's what I should believe. And that I'm a grown-ass woman, and I can believe whatever the heck I want to believe. And by golly, I don't believe that. That's just what I was told to believe. This is what I really believe. The power you have in that moment when you have that pen in your hand and you are writing down, I believe this because I can. And then you have all this stuff that you need to really like. So you need to run right back to that shocker person after you do that. And you're like, okay, get all this out now. <laughs> yeah. Because I've just, I have just released all of this stuff by just owning. That's not what I believe. That's what my parent believed, or that's what my school system believed, or that's what whoever told me to believe this believed. But that's not what I believe. I believe this. The day I went to my mother and I said, Mom, this is really hard for me to tell you, and I know you spent a lot of money, and you worked really hard to send me to a Catholic school, but I'm not Catholic anymore. And I was so scared. It took me so long to get up enough nerve to say that to my mother. And she said, I love you anyway. I already knew that. <laughs> you know, 
So that's a big one. Congratulations it, on that. It's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge to be able to own what you believe. And then, and then when you're a mom, Cheyenne over there with young Monroe, I miss my <laughs> children so much. <laughs> when you're able to look at them and say, I, and I'm going to tell you all, this is, this is a little bit of, of vulnerability here, but that's okay. My husband and I, we did not baptize our kids when they were born. We were Catholic. We were married in the Catholic Church. We were both raised hardcore Catholic. I went to Catholic school. His mom was the Pope's right-hand man. And we didn't we didn't baptize our children when they were born, and we really got a lot of pressure from both sides of our family. So finally, we had joined this Boy Scout group. My husband was an Eagle Scout. Boy Scouts were very important to him. I'm glad we did it. Um, so the the Boy Scout troop we were involved with was at the Catholic Church. So we we started going to church again, um, basically just because we wanted to know the people you know that our kids were going to Scouts with. Well, we decided to go ahead. We decided at that time because we didn't really know. I hadn't hit my complete awakening, you know, at that time. I was young. And we didn't really know what we believed, I guess. And so we just fell back on what we were raised to believe. And so we had our kids. I kept telling my husband, and and he was in agreement with me. I kept saying, you know, I don't want to tell them what to believe. I feel like they should be able to decide what they believe. And then we kept going, but... Don't we need to raise them to believe something? I guess we just, we, you know, we're in that age group where, you know, he's enough older than me for sure. I mean, and, and my upbringing too, where we were told, this is what you believe. I, t- I say jump, you say how high and you do it, you know. And now we're in this, you know, oh, well, when you grow up, you'll figure out how high to jump. You know, I'm never going to tell you because that's <laughs> not my job because it's your job to figure it out. You know, so there was this gap in there, you know, and we're like, we were in that gap. And so it's like, I knew I didn't want to tell my kids what to believe. But at the same time, we felt like, well, if you don't tell them what to believe at all, you know, so you guys get where I'm going with this. Yeah. So we decided to go ahead and they, we, we took them to the, to the program for a year and they both got all five of their, I think three or five, whatever the sacraments were that they could get at that time. One was five and one was seven. So now, you know, that they're grown I tell them, you know, I'm like, you guys don't have to be Catholic. We raised you to be Catholic, you know, and they have heard me over the, you know, they haven't been out of the house for very long. So they've heard all my craziness and mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. And uh, if you tie my hands behind my back, I can't talk. Sorry. I hit the <laughs> microphone a minute ago because I'm <laughs> flying my hands it's everywhere. Fine. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's a tough place to be in, I think, at the age that, that I am right now, you know. And so I've told my kids, I'm like, you don't have to believe what the Catholic Church taught you. You can do your own searching and you can believe whatever you want to believe, you know, and like I know Cheyenne has always been very interested in religions. I've always been interested in, I mean, we all are. I mean, that's that's just part of our nature, you know, and like when I went to high school, I'm getting off on a tree branch. I'm sorry, but <laughs> you take that tree branch, you it's know, supposed to come out <laughs> like in high school, you know, there were, I went when I tr- transferred to a Wichita school and I was kind of in culture shock because I'd been going to a Catholic school in Derby. And there's people walking around with yarmulkes on and there's, you know, people who are, you know, taking their prayer time out in the hallway or what. And and I'm like, I came from a Catholic school, you know, and I'm like blown away. But I want Sometimes those religions really do you a disservice in your evolution. And I think you put those in your soul contracts on purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Because they're like, they're like dynamites. Right. You're like, 
what are you doing over there? <laughs> but I, you know, I, I had to know. I had to know. Like, I meet somebody and they tell me there's some religion I've never heard of. I'm like, can we have coffee now? Like, can we go to coffee, have coffee now for like the rest of the day? Tell me all about it, you know? My best friend took me to her Mormon church when I was younger. And when I, like, I had been to many churches, I always went with people. I was like, why is your way the right way? Right. You know? And I went back and I told my family that I went to a Mormon church. You would have thought that I went to an animal sacrifice when I told them. <gasps> no. And the funny part is, like, I, I went into the church very open-minded, and I was like, what? Who is Jesus to you? Because Jesus is on a pedestal for us. He's in all of our churches. So what's, what's your story? And they're like, and they, they said, okay, I think his name's John Smith. I don't know. Or maybe I'm thinking of Pocahontas. Either way, the guy that translated, Started. channeled mm-hmm. all of it, he's here, and then... Jesus is like next to him. And in my family, you call that blasphemy. (laughs) So I was like, so you study a religion where Jesus isn't the focal point. That's really hard for me to necessarily make it my belief. But now I know you're out there. (laughs) This is really cool. And then again, I wasn't broken then, but it, it planted a seed. All mm-hmm. of these churches planted a seed of why It was are, a seed that there's something different. There's something different. Mm-hmm. And the people that have been being like, stay in this box, stay in this parameter, right. you're not righteous either. Mm-hmm. I can't go on any further. I'll be spilling <laughs> some tea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So let's see here. What's next? What's next? So we went through like all of the energy work. So now we should probably go into. Um, so we just talked about working with an energy worker. Yeah. Having so your chakras. The emotional manifesting physically and recognizing if it's a dis-ease in your body. It comes from an emotional right. response. The way I explain to people when you have a, um, a disease, and that's how we uh, often refer to any kind of disease, and my favorite book is actually in the car. I didn't bring it in with me, but I brought it today to show you. But we're not, I'm not able to show you. So, <laughs> um, but I will tell you. And I was going to actually look something up for the podcast um, and read it out loud. And then anybody that applied to would be like, holy cow, that's so dead on. And if you guys have anything to add, I'll tell you how I describe when something happens. So, for example, the first time that something happened to me as a child when it was um, traumatic. These can be things, I mean, sometimes one time is enough. That's all it takes. I mean, obviously, if, you know, if, you, if a life is lost or it's, you know, incredibly traumatic to you, you know, it's going to dig in deeper if it's never dealt with right off that get-go. But sometimes things have to happen over and over again. And I explain it as in, you, you know, you have your aura around you and something happens and it kind of hits your aura, Okay. So you have some time, you know, it's hanging out there in your aura and you're a little upset about it and you're not really sure what to deal with it. And so you just, you choose to block it. Okay. Some people never deal with anything that's happened to them in their life. Um, And then it happens again and you don't do anything about it. Okay. So the more, the more things happen, all right, they hit your aura Eventually, they work their way in. They work their way in. You just I can think of it like a, you know, a worm eating into something. You know, it's eventually going to work its way into your body. So when someone comes to uh, see someone who does energy work and they say, you know, your root chakra is really off. Well, 
your root chakra is all about your safety and your security. And as you know, Cheyenne said, um, talked earlier about, you know, during that time when that root chakra developed, it was a period of time in my life when my life was not stable at all. Sometimes I, my mom would been, have been doing the best thing that she could, and she may have had something bad happen, and she would take me to someone else's house while I was sleeping and put me on their couch, and I'd wake up the next day and not know where I was, not know why I was there, screaming my holy head off. And, but that, that was the best thing for her to do. It kept me the safest. But to me, it was traumatic as heck because I woke up, didn't know where I was. I'm three years old. I don't know where I am. Um, and so my root chakra has been trashed my whole life, you know, and I have tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. And, you know, I've had 13 epidurals in my low back. It, it doesn't, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but that's an area that I will continually have to work on. And that's okay. It's okay because I know, you know, and I, and once you understand what happens at each chakra level, you can almost heal it immediately. Now, I can't, the old stuff, the old trauma, that's going to, you know, that's, I got to go back, I got to go back, I got to go back and constantly heal that. But today, if I wake up and I have a sore throat, I will immediately ask myself, what did I say yesterday that I shouldn't have said? Or what do I need to say that I haven't said? And the second I acknowledge it and handle it. It's like immediate miracle. Sore throat's gone. So the amazing thing is that once you really begin to understand how all of this chakra work affects you, you can rid yourself of any forthcoming disease, possibly the old disease. You know, I have been able to heal a lot of things in my own body and help other people with. Um, That was old trauma. But I'm not going to say it's easy. You know, it is very difficult. So you have to do the work. You have mm-hmm. to. Otherwise, do the work. you're going to have to come back and do it another time, right. and our kick-ass selves won't be here for it. Oh hell no. Okay. <laughs> no, and you know, I tell people, you know, you can you can wake up one day and go, you know what? I have free will. I'm taking an incomplete in this college class. That's okay. I'll do it next time. You know, that's on you. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm If I have the opportunity to fix it and heal it. So I will tell you that in what we're talking about right now, there are a couple of different books out there. I'll have them. Uh, I'll get the titles to them. So I wrote one of them down. But the other one I don't have the title to. But I'll get them to you that they are. You can open it up. And so say you have um, all of a sudden you get acne all over your chin. So you're going to look up, you're going to look up skin problems and you're going to look up acne and you're going to look up what area, what does the chin represent? And you're going to read about it and it's going to tell you physically, emotionally and spiritually what area the chin represents. Any skin problem always represents some form of anger that's boiling out. And you will find that when you look these things up, I don't care what's going on in your body. You're going to look it up. You're going to read about it. And you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that's so (laughs) dead on. And you'll find when you read about a lot of these things that a lot of the sayings, a lot of the idioms that we use, the figurative language that we use comes from, I mean, it it directly relates. You know, like having the world on your shoulders. When Mm -hmm. your shoulders hurt, when one side hurts, it has to do with not having enough money. When the other side hurts, it has to do with too much money and not knowing what to do with it or how to handle it. And it has to do with 
too much weight on your shoulders in terms of your responsibilities. And you will notice a shoulder starts hurting and you stop and you pause and you think about why is that? And there are so many of the things that, of the idioms that we use that actually directly relate to what, what really is, the, is mm-hmm. the problem. Yes, please. So for an example, I am listening to your podcast right now and I have maybe a chronic illness. Mm-hmm that um, Western medicine has decided there is no cure for, and you're just going to figure out how to deal with it yourself. Um, Or you're just going to have to live with it because I don't have a solution. I don't have a solution. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say? I got you. Hold on. (laughs) Because this is is what the connection I want to build for what you're saying. So I'm going to go to whatever Safari Google platform I'm going to. I'm going to type in my chronic illness, and I'm going to put in spiritual meaning behind it. And then I'm going to research that, and it could be you're going to have to go to what article resonates with you is the biggest thing. I'm going to go and read that, and in that article, I am going to find out that I have outsourced my power once again to Mm -hmm. somebody, and I have believed them when really the power to heal myself is within me. Mm -hmm. And now I see physical, scientific, placebo effect proof that this chronic, unhealed illness, I actually just need to do more research, and I need to realize that you only listen to Western medicine, which is the medical mafia. Mm -hmm. Let me get you on a medicine to where I'm going to gatekeep your health Mm -hmm. versus meeting somebody like you who goes, no, you signed up for this for a reason. This has physically manifested in your body because of the emotions that you refuse to face, because of the trauma you refuse to face. Here is the physical ailment that is manifesting because you need to see it in order to heal it. But here is actually what's going on under, under the surface. So has XYZ ever happened to you and have you ever healed it? That's what you're telling me that yeah. even if I didn't do your program, I can go to Google and be like, um... <clears throat> What happened? My husband got shingles a couple months ago. So we went in and um, we typed in shingles, spiritual meaning. Mm-hmm. And we were connected with inner child issues that he hasn't dealt with. And we were connected with stuff in our marriage that we hadn't dealt with together. And I was like, ooh, we're about to have some really uncomfortable talks. <laughs> but let's get you physically well first because your body is showing you that you, are, you aren't even capable of processing these emotions right now. So, you know, this is where the nurturing comes in. What do you need? What do you need me to do? That's what you're telling me is I, the power is in me. Yes, absolutely. And you are the point of a guru, the point of a healer I've found is one to not gatekeep, but to work myself away from not needing you. Yes. And the reason that I have never went to a clinical psychologist for a lot of the issues that I know I could go sit in front of for nine years and tell, and I know that there's some, there's good ones out there that give you plans to not need them, but I have um, met healers that I've only need to see twice because they gave me a piece of the puzzle that I needed and I'm able to move on. Yes. In one session. Yes. And I know people that are in counseling for years and they're still a fucking bitch. Sorry. Right. Had to underline that. I'm like, I thought we weren't cussing anymore. We weren't, but I need, like, I need that person who's been in counseling for, like, five years, and they're like, I don't know why I can't do this. Well, (laughs) we'll get into neuroplasticity later. Yeah. But the thing that I have found is a lot of the healers that I've met, 
don't gatekeep my evolution for me so I can come back. Mm-hmm. And through a lot of conversations I've had with people, they're like, I love my therapist. I love this person. Really? Has that person given you the tools to get away from them? Mm-hmm. Because that's when you know you're in front of the right person. Exactly. Even anybody that calls me and is like, Shy, I need you to dick punch me really quick because I... I can't listen to any voice but you. I know you're not going to call me for a while. I know I'm going to trigger you. But this is the truth. And if you don't come back to me, if you go to somebody else, congratulations. I am not here to gatekeep anybody's stuff. But it's really powerful to know that because there are still ways that you can be taken advantage of, even in a spiritual community. Yes. So that's my PSA of the day. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Excuse me. Well, and I I always used to say to people that um, anything energetic that happens to you um, shows up. Well, anything that happens to you traumatic, I guess I should say, shows up in your energy first and will eventually manifest itself in a physical way. It wants your attention energetically. If you don't give it, it's going to show up in a physical way because it still needs your attention. And it's not getting it in an energetic way because it's going to be like sore throat, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. It's going to get physical because it still needs your attention. And it needs you to give that attention to it. Absolutely. And so then it shows up as disease or whatever the case may be because it's just trying to get your attention. It's like, hey, come here. Come fix this. You know, that random trigger of the kid walking up behind you. You're like, I'm Chakra Sean. I'm fine. I'm healed. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not healed. Okay. I got to go get to work. work." It's honestly a humbling experience. It is. Mm -hmm. Like you, I don't ever want to be like an egotistical, righteous, spiritual person. That's like, I know where you are. You're totally fine. No, 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 no. I heal in private because I'm, I'm going to need that severity. I give out so much love that, but I understand that I don't pour from an empty cup. And, Mm -hmm. but if I notice my cup's a little low, you better piss off. <laughs> okay. okay, time for me to go do some stuff. And you know what? I'm going to go on a little really important comment because of you saying that. Okay. Mm-hmm. My oldest son, he used to tell us on Sundays, like he started this on his own at about 15 because he started working when he was 15. So he'd go to school all week and then he'd work Friday and Saturday nights um, cooking steaks at the restaurant in town. And on Sundays, he used to tell us, um, I need a, I need a, my day. He goes, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. I need my day. And like my husband's, you know, flames. What a great boundary. Right. My husband's flames went up his spine because that's the way my husband was raised is you don't tell me what you need. Yes. And I'm going, yes, we're raising a beautiful human. <laughs> yes. He's recognizing his boundaries and he's, you know, so then me, my husband and I, we go in the bedroom and, you know, duke it out about it. And then I'm, you know, and now to this day, my son's 20. 23, 24. I don't even know how old he is. He's about to have birthday. He's about to turn 24. And he, you know, since he was 15, he recognized I need a me day. And so now I'm coaching his wife. Leave him alone. He needs a me day. <laughs> you know, if you want a happy husband, give him his me day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's fantastic because. And by the way, learn to ask for your own me exactly. day. Exactly. And make sure that he honors that for exactly. you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because it is so important for people to understand the power of filling their cup so that mm-hmm. they have a cup to pour from. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and that speaks to you or you have kids, because now, like mm-hmm. I have told my kids as they're having kids, I'm like, you guys need to recognize when your children need their own space. And mm-hmm. that, that same son, my oldest son, when he was in grade school, he would come home and he'd have to... He's very, very, um, he's got a very intense personality and it, 
it took all he could do to keep himself within the parameters of what the public school system wanted all day long. So then he would come home and he would spend an hour or more on the trampoline every day after school. I don't care if it was 30 degrees below and it was snowing. He was out there on the trampoline. As a mom who eventually had enough wit about her to look at that and go, he needs that if I want a decent human to interact the rest of the evening with. So I'm going to let him do that when he comes home. Mm -hmm. So it's just a positive outlet. If he's bringing home like cats that he killed in the neighborhood, that's cause for concern. (laughs) Let's just throw that in there. This is a trampoline. Right. (laughs) That's a very healthy outlet for the over... Energe- the higher energy yeah, that energetic he possesses. Response. Yes. yes. I got to get this energy out. I got to sit in school mm-hmm. all day. So if you're a parent listening and you, you know, recognize that, hopefully that, that speaks to you. Um, okay. I'm going to keep moving on. So like the next part of, how about that? I just went Valley Girl on you. So like the next part <laughs> of the program is that I feel crazy saying that this is the next part and we're at number six because it kind of seems like it should be right <laughs> at the beginning. But so much of this is going on simultaneously. The book, when I read the book by Louise Hay, um, bless her soul, she's not with us anymore. Um, you can heal your life. And I had to start forgiving others. And I now recognize that book. It's another one of those ones that I order in bulk and carry around and give it around, give it out to people. <laughs> I love that. Um, you have to start forgiving others. And I had not heard the statement that Cheyenne made earlier yet in my journey. So I was, quote, faking it till I could make it because that's all I knew at that time in my life. And the woman who molested me and I would see her at family functions and I would be expected to act normal and I, I just couldn't do it. But I kept forgiving her. And I, if I knew I was going to see her, I would forgive her before I went to the event. And then I finally, finally was able to walk up to her and forgive her in person. And I had forgiven her in my mind a million times. But then I was finally able to forgive her in person. And then I had to just leave. Like it was all I could do. It was all I could do is just show up and forgive her and leave. Um, but I continued to do that. And it was the whole, you know, if, for me at that time and where I was in my journey, it was the fake it till you make it. But then along came the person who said, I don't even remember who it was. It was somebody, Carolyn Mace or somebody who said to me, or I say said to me, you know, I was listening to something yeah. um, who said it, it, this, it spoke to me. So right. listen, to little, 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 you know, <laughs> yes, I am a speech therapist by day um, <laughs> when they said If you can't forgive someone, forgive yourself for not being able to forgive them. I went, what? I can do that? What? And that was life-changing for me. And so now, every single time something happens that makes me mad, and I know I need to deal with it if I don't want that dis-ease that we spoke of, I'll be like, okay, I forgive me. I forgive me for not being able to forgive you right now. It was Carolyn Miss. I remember. I think I think yeah. it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I do that all the time now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that is my that is my go to when I know I need to deal with this because I don't want it crawling into my body and making me any worse. I'm still trying to hold all, still trying to cure all that old stuff. So I don't want any new stuff coming along. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's very valuable. And if you have to write that down 
and practice it. Cause mm-hmm. I had to practice it for a while. I tell you, it was definitely mm-hmm. not something that became automatic right in the get go. Mm-hmm. And she also says, send them love. And there's, there's particular people in my life at the time that I was trying to deal with. And, and I'm like, how am I supposed to send them love? So, <laughs> like they've hurt me. And I, yes. and she says, then have spirit send them the love for you. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So right now, so I've also studied Ho'oponopono and, yeah. um, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I don't care how mad somebody makes me. When somebody makes me really mad, Mm -hmm. I immediately go into that. Mm -hmm. I immediately, I, I, you know, put my hands in a prayer position and I immediately just start sending them that love and hope and pray, you know, that they're going to just decide not to be mad anymore because I don't like conflict. Um, and it's that's a very powerful thing it to bring up as powerful. well. Yes, mm-hmm. and usually it works. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so the next thing, um, and Desiree, when you mentioned that the time that we met and I was doing um, cord cutting, um, that I offer um, as a part of one of my services when when I'm working with someone, I'm like, do you want to know how many soul pieces you have missing? Right. Do you want to know how many cords you really need to cut? Do right. you want to know? You know, um, if you have unearthly attachments or earthbound attachments or, you know, anything like that. And so that's something that um, sometimes I usually offer at a fair whatever I'm being led to at that time. And, you know, before the fair, I'm like, what do I need to do at at this fair? And then I usually just kind of offer whatever service is I'm being told needs offered right now. And one of the things that's really important to eventually somewhere along your healing journey to do is find out how many soul pieces are missing or what soul blocks you have or um, maybe which ones just need to go for right now because some or, or need to be healed for right now because you don't even realize the things that you're not even aware of that are impacting your life and as we go through this healing process, when you real when you think about the fact that you you are constantly seeking love, or you are constantly feeling not worthy, or you are constantly feeling not enough, those are soul pieces that come to you from very very early on. And I remember one time it was when I first started working at fairs, and I didn't really have very many people because nobody knew who I was and I was new and, you know, a lot of people weren't, there wasn't many people really doing the kind of thing that I was doing. And so I was just sitting there, I got a new deck of cards and, and it was to reveal things that had happened in your past and, and blocks on your soul that needed cleared. And I roll all these cards out and I have some charts that I would use my pendulum with at that time, you know, to kind of figure out, okay, who the characters are in this situation and what I put together during that setting was that I felt unloved and unworthy because I had been requested to be aborted or the statement was made that if I, if my mother wasn't Catholic, an abortion would be expected, something to that effect. And I called my mom and like that was the message that I got out of these out of this reading. And I, I called my mom and I said, hey, I just got this out of a reading. Is this true? And she goes, it is. And I'm like. And you'd never been told you'd been 
almost aborted or uh, considered, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is new for you. Well, no wonder I've never felt worthy or enough or loved or, Mm -hmm. you know. And, I mean, my mom chose to do the right thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, you know. (laughs) She chose to go ahead and and have the child, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a question for those people that have had a termed pregnancy. Um, what do you do when you find out you're pregnant and you can't love the kid because of what happened to you? That happened to me. So when you say my mom chose to do the right thing, you understand that that is your opinion, that the right thing is to not have an abortion. Yes. Because there are plenty of people out there that have chose to have a term pregnancy based on what they were going through in their life. And that termed pregnancy was the right choice for them. And I didn't mean that in... Honestly, in an opinionated way. I understand, but it's easy for it to come out that way. Absolutely. I appreciate you you stating Mm -hmm. that because I meant, I was just thinking if she hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here. Absolutely. And I understand that you meant it that way, but as a listener who is like, they still carry that around with them. Right. They haven't told anybody. Thank you. I love that. I love that you called me on that. And and I I didn't mean to call you. I'm just there for my friends. No, and I do (laughs) want to say, I do want to say that something that is very important for those people who have chosen to make that decision, what those souls have told us. And when I mentioned the book earlier about why you would, uh, the, your soul's gift, sometimes as a part of your plan, you will say, I am going to, you you are going to, and there is a really amazing chapter in this book about exactly this. And I mean, it blew my mind. I think I listened to it a couple of times because I do a lot of things on Audible. As to why this woman, she actually lost the baby at four months. It wasn't a, a choice that she made, but why that happened. And sometimes the souls, it is a part of our choice to allow that soul into our body for a certain period of time because of something that happened in another lifetime. So even though a woman may feel guilty or whatever kind of of feeling that she has, if she makes that choice, it is, again, important for her, as hard as it may be, to understand that that choice was made before you ever even incarnated on this planet. So as... It's all part of our lesson. It's all part of our journey. It is. Mm-hmm. It was a, it as was hard a, as it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, That's, and I apologize if I sounded insensitive, but I you're fine. No, I understood no, where you're coming I from, do. but I'm always here to make of sure course. that the message is Absolutely. translated properly in in unity. Yes, and not divisive. Absolutely. And sometimes we come out in division. I do it too, but that, and we know you didn't want to sound that no, way. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yes. Yes. So, no, and that that helps us all. That helps us all. Yeah. Um, That's powerful. I'm really glad that we got to discuss that. Yes. I'm sure that we helped somebody not feel bad about a decision that was right for their life. Exactly. So you get it, girl. Your body, your choice. I'm with you. Okay. So then the next, the next part, um, once you've kind of done that, that's kind of a, an example of why that might be important. Um, So now we've learned all this stuff. Now we need to learn a method to let it go, you know, because it's like, when I talked about how, you know, I journal all that stuff and then I wanted to run right back to that chakra person and go, okay, 
let all help me let all this go because I don't know how to do it on my own yet. There are hundreds of ways, probably thousands, endless ways for letting stuff go. So you can find you can find the way that works best for you. Um, so I'm going to go on to number the next thing. So the next thing that I think is super important to understand um, when you're dealing with your own, just the way you feel in general, is understanding your biorhythm and how it affects you and understanding the Schumann resonance, um, which is the vibration uh, that the earth puts off, and how that affects you, the moon cycles, all of that. When they tried to diagnose me bipolar over and over and over again, my mom, she would say, you're not, you are not. You have no mental illness. You are a product of the universe. And I never understood that, you know, and I and I would just be like, okay, thank you. I'm glad I'm not crazy, but I'm crazy because I don't know how to handle all this. <laughs> I sure feel crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so can I interject really yes, quick on that? Do. Because there's a shamanic um, thing about bipolar and schizo. And yes, all of it's that, amazing that if. OK, so say, for instance, I. I have a family member. She she's just like chronic depressed, like it's generational depression, so to speak. Um, and we have talked about going and like going to Costa Rica yes. and doing a proper facilitated shamanic healing yes. ceremony, ayahuasca, rape, whatever you want to use, whatever plant medicine you want to use. And they interviewed these shamans, and they interviewed the shamans about our culture, and they. Um, are talking about how the mental health campaigns are coming to light. Everybody's picking their color. Everybody's hashtagging their disease and wearing it like it's a badge of honor. And I understand that that's one step to healing, but you you don't get to say, I'll pick bipolar. Right. I don't get to be diagnosed from a doctor that I'm bipolar because this book that was written in 1923 says that XYZ makes you bipolar. If I went to a shaman, which is ancient knowledge that goes way back before this professor, this person ever wrote this book, they're actually going to tell you that it's a lot of worldly sickness in you and you're a highly evolved spirit and you came into the world to heal these things, like you said earlier, about yourself so you can go out and heal others. So if you're sitting here with a bipolar um, label on you, and you haven't taken the time to study your own brain, study what the brain is actually capable of and your own power, I think you're truly doing a disservice to yourself and your soul by just listening to Western medicine when there are so many ancient texts that prove to us that you are actually just a highly evolved spirit that's struggling in a world that is broken. You are you can't fit the program because you're not meant to. Yeah. You are supposed to evolve. You must be around people that are limiting limiting you. You must be limiting yourself. You must be living through your ego for so long. It's like Jim Carrey talking about depression. Mm -hmm. He's like, you're not depressed. It's your avatar, your true authentic self telling you you're not doing it correctly. So let's look at your job. Let's look at the career path that you've built. Have you been... I don't care if you are the CEO and you got this promotion for 20 years and it's all you've been working on. Are you living your true purpose? You are not living your true purpose. Yeah. So you go ahead and take that diagnosis. But me believing any shaman in a rainforest over any doctor that I could possibly meet right now, I hope I meet somebody that changes my perspective on Western medicine. Mm hmm I believe the shamans. Yep. So when someone goes, oh, my God, I'm bipolar, I go, oh, my God, you're so powerful. 
Yes. And they would, <laughs> they'll so probably gifted. just want to, I'm like, you are so gifted. You're so powerful. You just don't know how to access it. Yes. Do you watch the movies where the, where the, the omen, the person who's supposed to save the world is like, I'm not powerful. I'm not this. I'm not that. And then at the end of the movie, they find the person that comes in and helps them with their gift and they save the world. Baby, that's you. Mm-hmm. You are so powerful. So again, if you're listening and you think you might have a mental illness or you've been diagnosed. We're not saying stop your meds. I'm not no, saying no, stop no, your no. meds. No. I'm not saying you're not bipolar. I'm not saying any of this. I'm saying you should do your own research about yourself right. and about your mind. And you're actually going to find out that you are much stronger than what people around you even know about yourself. What you even know about right. yourself. We're saying you can step out of your victimhood. Yeah. Start to heal yourself. Empower yourself. Ways. Right. And realize that maybe the bipolar polar needed to be diagnosed so you could actually go okay is this the cross that i'm going to die on now that i have this knowledge now that i have this what knowledge steps can i take where do i go to step into my power yeah and if you want to write me an email about you know how you're bipolar and you'd like to stay bipolar that's totally fine but <laughs> if you somehow have resonated or you've pushed past that i don't have to wear this mental illness as a badge welcome because we've all been there I really wanted a diagnosis when I was 20 and 21. Yeah, I yeah, begged for it, too. and they gave me Prozac and another weird pill because mm-hmm. that's what they do. You go tell yeah. them you're sick, mm-hmm. and they give you something to suppress you. Keep and in you mind, feel better. Keep in mind the medicine that they give you that are rebuilding your neuroplasticity in your mind for you, they are all suppressants. Suppressants, what are you suppressing? Mm-hmm. What is your root issue? What happened to you when you were a child? What glass house did you grow up in? What athletics did your parents make you do so you could fit on their agenda? Mm-hmm. Because I've met so many people from certain being raised in a certain generation. We all lived on our parents' agenda because they lived on their yeah. parents' agenda. Yeah. And that's what you do. Do as I say, not as I do. Do as you're told. Kids be quiet. Yada, yada, yada. Right. Well, we're breaking. Be a doctor. Be a we're lawyer. Breaking, yeah, we're mm-hmm. breaking all of these. Yeah. So it's really, really important, especially for me to call out to anybody out there that if you're stuck right there and you're like, oh, I can't do that because I have a mental illness. No, sweetie, you're powerful. You can do that. You have a mental power. You have a mental power. Reach out to us. We have healers. We have people. (laughs) You're safe here. We're here to help you. But please don't listen to this episode and throw your pills in the trash no, tomorrow that. because that's that's you're going to mess up. Because you will break. Yes. yes, you will break. So yes. God love it. you. Well, sending you so much love. And yes. talking about this makes me so excited. Not that I want to get off this topic no. right now because I want to continue this. But it makes me really excited to um, just kind of tease the fact that Cheyenne and I, that I think this season, I think this season we're going to actually talk about our own personal stories um, I might be ready. I just found a couple things that yeah. I'm like, should I wait? Well, and I Desiree for sure is. She's like, she's I ready. Just, she does it. I just within the last few months actually like put a little bow on my personal story. We actually recorded our personal stories a few months ago, and then we were like, nope, they're not ready. They're yep, not they're ready. Not, it's not the one. And um, I had an event that actually kind of brought mine around, and I'm like, oh. I know what my story is yes. and I know I what to text message. Yes. I'm ready. Damn it. Yeah. I, I might've cussed <laughs> wow. anyway. So let's get back to Chantel. No Tree branch. Yes. Well, and I actually thought when you mentioned the part about the shaman, uh, I thought you were going with a different, in a different direction. Um, there are some studies out there that I have read about where they will go to the most severe 
uh, mental, quote, institutions, and they will take people with the most, quote, severe schizophrenia. They will take them home to the rainforest and they will teach them how to use the gifts that they have been given. And then these people are, quote, unquote, normal once they understand that the voices in there. Now, I'm not saying everyone. I'm not saying everyone. But, you know, some people, it's the gifts that they have been consistently told, you know, that that's Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. And then they've been labeled, you know, so. Um, you know, and, and thinking about that, you know, my um, my parents were, they had very good health insurance, and I feel like they felt like taking me to the doctor every time I had a speck of something on my body was what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Therefore, growing up, you know, I became very, quote, dependent on that Western model. Yeah. So I kept going to them once I was on my own in my early 20s, going, fix me, fix me, fix me. I'm broken because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. And then when I had... You know, when my awakening began, which I'm not even talking about, you know, my story here, um, but when my awakening began, I was like, okay, I'm not any of these things. I'm going to crumple all these little labels up and throw them in the trash, and this is who I am. Amen. And then start healing it and uh, and moving forward. So um, just I'm not saying that all mental illnesses are not truly mental illnesses. But I'm saying that if you have been diagnosed with something, you might want to heal some of the things that. I think you should be your second opinion. I think that's how we should wrap that up. You know, everyone's (laughs) like, get a second opinion from another doctor who studied the same damn book as the first one, but maybe interprets it differently. Why don't you just be your second opinion? Yeah. Why don't you and go find why don't you go find out what the root cause is, why they were able to slap that label onto you? Thank you. Because if they're going to program you, they're going to give you whatever you want, and you're going to believe them. And you're going to believe them. Why? Because they went to college? Be your own guru. Yes. Do you know what the back of my business card says? No. Because we want to know why we feel this way. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it. it that's no, matter, no matter what age you are, you feel that way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's it's just right. how, how long Tell are you going to go away Tell from me why. it? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's wonderful. Okay, so... We were on understanding your biorhythm and the Schumann resonance, mm-hmm. um, the moon cycles, and you know all of that. I'm going to tell you that today. I mean, I have no idea how this this interview is going to come out. And uh, I said to my husband last night, I said if I was a dude and I could have my thing in the dirt, um, <laughs> that's where I'm at right now you because can say it on my biorhythm. <laughs> um, I was I was really concerned about doing this interview today. Can you explain to us what biorhythm is if we've never heard it? Because you keep saying it, but I don't have a proper definition even in my head. But I do know that I am going to download it on my phone and start using it after talking to you. But I am uneducated, so can you just tell us what you're even talking about? Okay, so your biorhythm is based on your energy from the, the moment that you were born, where you were born, etc. I have been alive for 17,776 days, my biorhythm tells me right now. 17,000 days. It doesn't seem like very many, does it? I think that seems like a hell of a lot. Oh, does a it? A heck of a lot. So, <laughs> so is it an app? It's So on my phone, um, I'm looking right now at mine. It's called Biorhythm-365. There's a bunch of them out there. I've downloaded a lot of them. I continually mm-hmm. go back to this one. I like it the best. What's it called? Biorhythm-365. I'm downloading it right now, so I want to make sure I get it right. Cool. 
cool. The so, bio well, when you have that done, it, it does your bio rhythm as well. But this is like having this the is bed like on immediately me all the time. Yes. Yeah. I need this. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let me. <laughs> it's procrastinating because yes. I'm in, you know, in the studio. But yeah, let's. So, let's and I'm going to tell you another thing about how you can use this with your family. So, um, Today, my physical is negative 52, my emotional is negative 62, my intellectual is negative 95, and my intuitive is negative 92. So if we are looking at a bell curve with zero being the, you know, normal, average, whatever. So zero is average, not like positive 100 is average. Right. Zero is average. So when I'm at positive 100, I am rocking it and rolling it. When I am at negative... 100, which is where almost all of them are right now. <laughs> and and the crazy thing is that, so today, yes, that's it. So yes. today, mine are all, pretty much all in sync. Mm-hmm. That does not happen very often. Mm-hmm. And so like right now, everything. So when I'm tired right now, I need to recognize that about myself. Like I told my husband last night, I said, I'm going to bed early. I got to get up early to drive to Wichita. And my biorhythm is in the dirt and... I'm going to need some extra sleep. And then I was concerned about, you know, am I going to be able to even speak very well today? Because so, you know, I don't want to look at this and like pre-program myself. And just determine that you can't do anything. Yes. 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 But when I look at this, like when I'm so exhausted right now, I'm like, okay, am I getting tired or is it just not my time of the month, so to speak? Mm -hmm. And uh, so God's delays aren't God's denials, but you can have the discernment to choose. That's just what I heard. Sorry. Fantastic. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's a cue to me that if I'm tired, my it's just the time of the month for me to be tired. And mm-hmm. then hearing about. But isn't it just as simple as your body is reaching out to you to just relax? Because. Yes. But we need to branch the science. Yes. You know, and right. so. Okay. Because yeah. I'm like. <laughs> right. Right. Because isn't we don't want to listen to our bodies. We want to say right. we, we grew up in a world where if we don't feel very good, there must be something wrong with us. No, I'm just freaking mm-hmm. tired right now because mm-hmm. where my where I was born at in the universe and at the time that I was born, I'm just freaking tired. Mm-hmm. So it's OK. So, like, I'm going to recognize that right now. Now, on Christmas Day, looking at this. My physical and my emotional are both going to be positive 100. I'm sorry, but I'm going to the casino on Christmas Day. (laughs) Because so a couple years ago, I want to say it was 2019. I could be wrong on the year. Every single one of my biorhythms hit 100% at New Year's at midnight. Oh, my gosh. I know. And I was like, guys, this is amazing. I might explode. I've got to do something amazing <laughs> at midnight. And literally, like, I think I was in bed. Like, <laughs> that's the amazing thing that was happening for me at that in moment. In bed, huh? Well, asleep, Sounds like, like oh, okay. snoring. Uh, like, yeah, I was like, that's yeah. amazing too, Desiree. <laughs> you gave that energy to some. No, you're asleep. No, it, okay. this is the energy right. I got. At the- <laughs> yeah. So the, that's the Delta brainwave just fixing all the shit that you were anxious about right. two hours prior. Right. You're I was doing working with work. spirit at the yes. moment. Yeah. You were doing that's it. That's right. That's right. Oh, my God, guys. I just put my birthday in, and I'm not going to share this, but please go download the Biorhythm-365 app if you're listening to right. this. Because Can we get them to sponsor oh us? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Biorhythm can we get an affiliate link real quick? Can you please sponsor us? Do you yeah. guys want to hear about the yep. number of days since my birth? How many? Or are you just going to be no. mean to me? Like 9,000 or something? I mean, it's got to be less than 17,000. We know that. Okay. It's (laughs) 11,264. That's awesome. Is it? (laughs) I feel like you're holding back. No. Uh, I'm I'm just like. You're like, that's awesome. 
<laughs> no, I've said You're it. I've throat in the morning. <laughs> no, no, I've Just I've kidding. said it before. It's like if I could have been half as as evolved as Cheyenne right. at eleven thousand days. I love meeting the young people now because they're, yes. I mean, they're just so involved. And working in a school every day with mm-hmm. kids that are so incredibly involved. Yeah. I wish or I had evolved. Involved yeah. and evolved. <laughs> right. But. Yeah. So. All right. Biorhythm. Yeah. So be aware of your own biorhythm because, and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you when I mentioned something about the family. So when my teenage boys were at home, like I printed off everyone's for the month. You can go on an apps on apps on computers and find it. And mm-hmm. I would print everyone's off for the month and I would hang it on the fridge because if my son was in his room sleeping till two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm like, what did you do last night? You know, like I can go look at his biorhythm and if his, his look like mine today, well, I'd be like, no, you go back in there and sleep till four. <laughs> right? yeah. You know, because you need to do what you need to do for yourself. Yeah. 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 Just like we were talking about filling the cup. So and then on the Schumann resonance, another thing, um, there is an app for the Schumann resonance or you can also just go um, look at disclosure TV, I think, um, on your on whatever search engine you use. But with the Schumann resonance, when the earth is putting off, which what was normal for the earth is not really normal now. And so it's putting off. We are we are raising the vibration of the planet as more and more people wake up. Are you talking about electromagnetic frequency that the Seventh, earth puts no, off? Too. Okay, just making sure. Um, Scratch that. <laughs> well... I mean, it kind of ties into it, right? Because it's the energy around yeah. that you're trying to pull in. The Earth's energy, how it affects the traditional us, right? is the yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you go ahead. I, no, I want to make sure that's what you're oh, saying. Yes, 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 yes. I'm like, am I connecting with you correctly? Okay. I think of, I think of them in. Yes, I just think in my mind I categorize them differently, but but I want to know how you categorize it because just because you said it, it's going to translate different to me. Well, I might be wrong. You're not wrong. So I don't know. I just want to make sure that the picture in my mind, because so, why I asked, the picture in my mind is earth, and it's like all the little, like, strings. Right, right. And the frequencies coming in and out. Yes, yes. Because Mother Earth is alive. Yes. That's what you're referring to. Yes. All right, we're on the same freaking page. So, I, okay, so I I don't honestly know if those are technically electromagnetic frequencies, because I am not a Schumann resonance guru. I think of EMFs as being bad. Like, that's how I categorize them in my brain. Because, like, EMFs bad, Schumann resonance, that's just the energy that the Earth's putting off. Because I think of EMFs as being the things that, from our phones and our microwaves and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, absolutely. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, but anyway. So, on the Schumann resonance, just familiarize yourself with it. And then you can learn more about it if that's something that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. All I know... I mean, like, I've tried to watch numerous videos to get a deeper understanding of the Schumann Resonance. And with the amount of time that I have donated towards it, I really haven't gotten anywhere. So if someone wants to call me and tell me all about it, like, I would be game on. <laughs> but, all right. Sounds like we need someone to write in and be our guest. Yes. Be our guest. Be but, our guest. But I do know, you know, that when the when the Schumann Resonance is super high. Mm-hmm. Um, DoorDash that day? Is that what you're saying? Stay inside the house? Maybe, maybe not. Some people... I think it affects people differently. Yeah, like like if I looked it up right now and it was in the 30s to the 40s, I would be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense because my... uh, I'm doing okay today, but my biorhythm is in the dirt. Yeah. 
So usually when the Schumann is between 30 and 40, like that is a great energetic day for me personally, like that vibes for me. So I guess I'll... So what you're saying is understanding how you relate to what the current Schumann resonance yes. is, is an important thing yes. to also understanding your biorhythm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you said this earlier, um, well, not yet, but on our phone call, uh-huh. you said, don't teach as a matter of fact, teach experience. So what you're teaching us right now is experience. It's not going to be matter of fact yes. for everybody. Yes. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, my God, I'm not in the 30 or 40. I'm freaking crazy. Yes. No, baby. So be your own guru. Be your own guru. Yes. Yeah. Just, you know, figure take, out what. Take this little breadcrumb, put it in mm-hmm. your bag, mm-hmm. take yep. it with you. Yep. Yep. Right. I just, so if you have a day when you're feeling really great, check out where your biorhythm is. Check out what the Schumann frequency is. And document that. And right. remember what got you there. Right. Right. Are you wearing your favorite outfit? Understand what colors you're wearing. Understand all the things yeah. about you. So journal, right? Yes. So understand Docu- some stuff. Document your evolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're scared to get something out, write it down, then burn that son of a bitch. That's it's right. a ritual. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm wearing all blue and turquoise crystals today because I'm like, I'm going to be talking. And right. Make my that biorhythm is in the dirt. Yeah. I need to stop owning that. But... <laughs> I just, I have followed it long. I followed it for enough years to know, you mm-hmm. know, that it's very powerful. And again, I was one of those people that needed to bridge spirit and science in order uh-huh. to really get on, like truly get on board. Oh, me. Oh, raise and my hand. Yes. Yes. And yeah. well, I think, well, you know, all three of us are very much in that way. And just like initially I started using a pendulum for my readings and started reading cards because I'm not sure that I was really a believer you know, like I'm hearing these things and I'm like hearing to tell you this, but like maybe I'll lay some cards out here so you can see it. Because mm-hmm. if I just tell you it, I don't think you're going to believe it. Well, no, it's because I don't believe it. I mean, right. you know, right. I mean, you might not believe it either, but, you know, I didn't believe it. And so. But you can feel the non-belief and that proves the existence of the energy and the connection that we're all striving for in the end. That's where it got me. Mm. I was like, I don't know this woman. And she just told me something that happened to me when I was eight years old. All right, God. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. We're getting there. Not really. Kind of. Okay. I think we're doing great. Okay. So season two, episode one, 12 <laughs> hours later. <laughs> okay. So the next thing, which we've actually, we've hit on this a lot, but just to, to notate that it's actually a thing is to noting your own triggers. Like when we talked about, I've already mentioned several of those. You guys have done that as well. So that's, that's a huge part. Um, of understanding your own trauma. Um, next is learn some form of energy work. There's lots of different kinds of energy work, but to be able to understand how it all works, see the power of it, and then to be able to work on yourself and others is, it's it's critical, I think, in healing, in healing yourself. Um, as you said, become your own guru. You know, I cannot tell you how many nights I go to sleep doing Reiki on myself um, because, you know, I'm the reason I sleep with crystals. I hope you know that. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Yes. Yes. My uh, fire quartz ends up on the floor almost every night. (laughs) What was that? Just my rocks. Well, just last night when I rolled over because I was getting ready to see you tomorrow, I giggled because I had like selenite in my hand. I was like. Thank you so much, Chantel. <laughs> I feel so good. I love you, Selenite. You're, you, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. Let's see. Okay. 
The thing that you pointed out to me that I wrote down in your notes, just so we know, is you recommend Reiki because everybody can do it. You don't need any prior knowledge. You can do it with a practitioner if you feel like it, or you can go and look it up yourself and do it. Mm -hmm. And if you're going through a dark night of the soul, the last thing you want to go is you don't want to go connect with anybody. Right. So I, for the first dark night of the soul that I had, um, yes, Reiki is 100% something that I would also recommend just because you don't need any prior knowledge. You just need to understand that you can divinely heal yourself and others. And if anybody tells you that you can't, get away from them. <laughs> well, and I think um, I'll just toss in a little piece here is when I first started um, using my BioWell system, I was... I did not do any kind of energy work, but I was working with a client one day and I was intuitively guided to start doing energy work on the person that was on my table. Their eyes were closed. They had a little thing and I'm like, well, nobody's going to know what I'm doing. I'm just going to put my little hands here because spirit's telling me to and I'm going to listen. And what I learned after, because I started doing this on a few clients and, um, and I knew this person well enough that I knew they were going to be okay with it. And then afterwards I told them that I had done this right. Um, because, um, I just, I just felt like permission was going to be a big thing. What I learned later is what I was doing and what spirit was teaching me was a form of Reiki. It wasn't Reiki exactly, but you know, they were, you know, my right hand was being, was being used as the sending energy my left hand was being used as the receiving energy but in this case it was more of like a it the right hand was sending the left hand was a more of a stop or a um of um, grounding i guess it wasn't it wasn't actually receiving anything it was just grounding anyway i didn't know at the time i was doing reiki i just knew that i was moving my hands for for real reasons and i just felt like that's what i should be doing and so i would also say reiki is something good to use, but um, listen, listen to your spirit guides. Listen to listen to God. Listen to what comes to you intuitively. Well, one of the things that I teach in the Reiki when I teach it is that when you're a little kid, what's the first thing you do when you fall and get a boo boo? Put your hand over it. Why? Because energy comes out of your hand and you heal it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, know, you might not realize that as a kid, but yeah, right. you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And you are 100% spot on with the left hand receiving and the right hand giving. I learned that in yoga before I ever applied it to energy work. Yeah. And when I was able to connect those two together, uh, again, it, it was just more proof that I needed mm-hmm. to then propel me to the next step of belief and get away from the disbelief that my ego wants to trap me in all the time. Right. You're crazy. No, well, I'm not. I'm, and I, it was so shocking to me that, like, when I started learning about Reiki and I started learning about energy work, and I'm like, but that's what I was told to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's real, you know, <laughs> it's real. So, like, for instance, if you're listening and you're like, what? Okay. If you're driving, don't do this. Okay, <laughs> drive with your knee. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> if you put your hands together in, like, praying pose, which is what we do all the time, in church and whatever, but put your hands close together, but where they're not touching, but you can feel that heat radiate off yourself. If you can't feel it, go a little closer, but go far enough away to not touch and close enough to feel that heat. Where you just feel a little temperature change. You just feel a little temperature change. One, you're recognizing that you have a lot of blocks in you because you just found out that you're a divine healer, right? But secondly, you're going to, again, acknowledge the power that's in yourself. And you're going to acknowledge the blocks that need to be lifted within yourself. So if you raise your left hand 
to the sky and you connect yourself with whatever the divine is to you. And then I reach over to Chantel and Chantel with permission and consent gives me her hand because we're about to feel something. Now I'm not going to touch your hand completely, but I'm going to hover below it. Now I'm connected to the divine and I am the vessel and you're actually not pulling from my cup. You're pulling from the universal cup, the infinite, the ever flowing energy. So yes, I am a vessel. Yes, I have to take care of myself. But if you actually clear yourself enough where you're connected to the vine, to the divine, you can just go up and when you meet someone that you know is having a rough day and they you grab their hand, God knows that they're having a bad day. God told you to grab their hand because he's sending that energy through you. And you, you're like, wow, I feel really great all of a sudden. That's so weird. You're not giving me your good energy. I sense that you're just not up to par. And it's not affecting me to pull that energy through you. It's purity. It's the highest form of energy, which is unconditional love. There's, there's, no, there's no out of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. That is one of the things that I got to experience just in the last few months about, you know, what what am I supposed to do with all of this, God? I've tried to give you my time back because I'm so confused on what I'm supposed to do with this. And everywhere I go, I'm either not enough or I'm too much. Oh, I really need to start getting into the human connection. And I really need to figure out how to start serving people's hearts instead of, you know, doing all the other things that I'm supposed to be doing. But when you realize that you get to connect with that divinity, that, okay, let's take it back to Bible school. Did anybody else learn the, um, this little light of mine, mm-hmm. like in Bible school, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like in Bible school, when you're learning it, do you realize that they're talking about like the Christ consciousness spark, the omnipresent, the peace of God that is in you? Did, did anybody realize that that's the light that Jesus is talking to they us about? They don't want you to know that. And they don't <laughs> want you to know that. Welcome to fear-based religion. This is spiritual <laughs> smorgasbord. <laughs> but that little light, that is yours. You protect it and you mm-hmm. let it grow. And mm-hmm. when you release all of these blocks, when you let all of this go, the light gets brighter. And you understand it isn't about you. I am Cheyenne. I am the translator of my past, present, and future. And I'm also a translator for the divine. It's really big words because we live in a society that wants to dumb the good people down to the point where they look woo-woo, where they look weird, where, oh, no, they're taking care of themselves. They talk nicely to themselves. They respect others. They have boundaries. Fuck them. (laughs) Okay. And that's just, that's one of the biggest things that I find fighting for and why I continuously try to, like, be nice even when it's really hard. Because I'm like, oh, they got me. Like the dark side got me. Mm-hmm. I they they know I'm powerful now too. Mm-hmm. And I I don't work for you. I know you want to come home though. So get over here. I'm gonna <laughs> hug that lion. <laughs> <laughs> Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> so um, I don't know where you're at. I okay. just know that I saw we were getting into applying it into um, maybe using guided meditation using sound healing, like we're moving into the part of the program where you have done Learning a lot of energy. introspective work. So are, are we about there? Because I know our, our notes kind of match. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, we're getting I got there. a couple more in there. It's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So once you, 
you know, learn to do some form of energy work. Um, the next thing, and this is not the next thing in, in any sense of the word, but we have to put them in some kind of an order. You've got to learn to invoke protection for yourself. And back when we were talking about recognizing your energy versus someone else's energy, and I think that was like number two, you know, <laughs> but we need to also understand that we've got to protect ourselves. And a lot of times we are divinely protected, but we don't recognize it. And so sometimes we need to take little steps to get ourselves there to recognize it. And so whether you use, um, you know, crystals to protect yourself, whether you use some type of meditation to put, you know, light around yourself, whether you, you know, clear energy with sage and follow it with Palo Santo, or you use herbs and oils or, you know, whatever you use. Um, but just understanding that sometimes you have to protect yourself before going into situations um, so that you don't pick up other people's negative energy because when you're trying to heal yourself you've got to make sure that you're not letting anything else come on that's unnecessary the next one and and i have down you know why is this number 13 and not number one um and we've touched on this kind of already when when cheyenne talked about you being your own divine healer learning to write proper intentions and affirmations and to use them daily and the reason this is so important and also you know how you integrate this into your daily life is because we can think that we're asking for things and we can think that we're praying for things and then we get frustrated with with God the creator the all because we don't they're not listening to us we're not getting what we're asking for oftentimes we are getting exactly what we asked for we just don't realize it because what we said is not what we meant we must remember that our subconscious mind and the all are very literal and I started a group um, in Derby at the New Age Center when they first opened called the Intenders. And we had a group that met every Wednesday night. And we had, it, it was amazing once we really got rolling and we would go back through our journals every Wednesday. And we would cross off all the things that we had manifested in our life. And we we're like, wow, this stuff really does work. Um, but we had, I can think of two very specific examples of, of women coming in, and we had some men there too. I don't think it was just all, all women. But this one woman said that she realized she had been asking over and over and over and over for God to send her the man of her dreams. And she got pregnant one night on a one-night stand, and she had a little boy. <laughs> and he clearly was the man of her dreams, but yeah. she wasn't very specific. Yeah, speak accurately because you'll get what you want. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we there was another time when a lady came in, and she's like, oh, my God, I've had the worst week. And she, everybody was like, what, what's, ha what's happening? What went on? She was like, oh, my child brought home bed bugs and we had to, you know, do all the things you have to do with bed bugs. Well, then when we got to the point of opening our journals, what she had written the week before was that she needed to deep clean her house. <laughs> That's why I was like, December 2023 was really hard for me. I'm like, I'm yeah. not manifesting exactly. that. Right? Yeah. It was an example. <laughs> yeah, don't listen. Scratch that. Yeah, Rewind. Scratch that. Well, and you know, so many times people will say, oh, God, give me strength or send me you know, send me the love I require. Well, then you're you're given these tests that build strength or yeah. you're given opportunities that require you to show so much love that you it's it's hard. Right. And so we have to be very careful. And that's why I've I've at some points stopped asking because I'm like, unless I know that I'm asking the right way, 
<laughs> I am not asking. <laughs> However, I'm super curious if there's a spiritual meaning behind bed bugs now, besides the fact <laughs> that the woman manifested it. I've never dealt with it, um, but I'm like super curious. Somebody now. Google that and write in right can quick. You, yeah, can you please text five 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 five? Yes, we're gonna have live shows here someday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> accurate. Mm, caller number five. Okay, so then um, using guided meditations. Um, to learn if, you know, when people say, I just can't meditate, you know, I, I get that. Um, by doing guided meditations, you teach yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to. Um, Do you have some examples of what works for you? On the guided meditations? Mm-hmm. Like, is there a certain person you like to listen to? As a matter of fact, there is. Her mm. name is Chantel Shoot. Get her album at. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you have an album? I'm I'm actually making one right now. Are you? That's I awesome. Am. Yes, I love that. No. I didn't even know that. That's awesome. No, so Jason Stevenson is amazing. A lot of people really like him. He has a very calm, soothing voice, um, and um, I, I have always been. That's for some reason that's been one of my strengths. Is just channeling those guided meditations that are just seem to be perfect. And you know, and then a person when we're finished with whatever healing session we're doing, you know, they're like oh my gosh, how did you know that I loved blah, blah, blah? I'm like, I didn't. I was just, I don't even know what I said. You know, I was just <laughs> saying what I was being told to say. So mm-hmm. I'm in the process of channeling some of that right now. So I'm That's excited awesome. about that. But I love That's Jason really Stevenson. That's exciting. How about you guys? I am a really big fan of Brian Scott and the okay. reality revolution. Okay. Everything, oh man, everything that I've come across of his, I'm like, yes, this is what I need. Awesome. And it really does, it does a really good science in you know, spirit gap, uh-huh. bridge. Cool. Got it. Cool. You have I, a favorite? Uh, I'm a really big fan of my spirit guides. <laughs> She's a really big fan of spirit guides. I have guides. a hard time I with guided me. meditation. I don't want you to know that, but I just love my higher self. I mean, if I'm, I'm going to get no, like I'm, super into it, I like visualizations in front of me and I love music. When I got into meditation, I was so effed up, so to speak, that I was meditating to an album called Trauma by a band called I Prevail. <laughs> and if you just go and like go and like put a track on from I Prevail, you're going to be like, "You meditated to this?" I cried, I rocked back and forth. I felt my body convulse in the anger and the pain that I was storing in it for so long. So I didn't get to start with Brian Scott. I'm 30 years old and now I'm on Brian Scott and I'm on synchronization of heart and mind Mm -hmm. through six breaths and breath holds and cube and kundalini and breath of fire. I'm there. But when I began, it was music that brought me back to me. It was like, I, hey, come back here. I did that too. Enigma in yeah. the in the nineties. Uh Enigma in the nineties, every day after school. Like my son jumped on the trampoline. I came home and laid on the bed and listened to Enigma. Yeah. And that that album where you went completely in and then it brought you completely out and never even realized well, it was sitting in front of the speakers. Yes. It, and just feeling that sound frequency come to me and vibrate things in my body blow those blocks away from me and being sober. So when I had COVID, what Three weeks ago, a month ago, my husband came home and I had the portable speaker with the didgeridoo playing on it, laying on my back and I'm on the couch with the speaker on top (laughs) of me. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, letting the didgeridoo blow it out. (laughs) But you were saying what you love. I'm sorry. We, we, it's okay. I just had to interject with, it's not always going to be butterflies. If you need to put on some Ramstein and headbang, (laughs) baby, that's meditation too. Absolutely. You find you. 
I support it. No, it's true. So I have a hard time with guided meditation just because of it seems like other people's words, journeys, timing is always off for me. Mm-hmm. And so what I do for meditation is I, I do put on like the music, mm-hmm. right? I'll put on a music or um, binaural beat, something like that. Hemi-sync? And then, yes, I okay. do hemi Okay, good. Um, um, and then I... Um, I just go to spirit and I say, take me where I need to go and the pictures will come and the journey will come and I'll go on a flight and I'll see what I need to see. But if I try to listen to somebody else's journey, it's difficult for me because they'll say, okay, we're going on a beach and you're like, I'm in a forest. I'm like, shit. Okay, fine. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Back to the forest. Okay. Now you're, someone's walking beside you and someone will be walking beside me. I'll picture that. Okay. Now take their hand. I'm like, wait, I already took their hand. We're already over here. Yeah, We're already, yeah, yeah, I get that. I'm and further it's, along. Yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it just shows you that you're evolved. Mm-hmm. That's maybe, what I, I think. don't know. Maybe, and but that's a, why it's, it's hard for me to do the guide. Listening to yourself. Yeah, that's what I found because I struggled yeah. with the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I I just got recommended this person, and I'm like, I don't even think their voice is for me. Like, no offense, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't think you're my tribe. Yeah, I still want you to eat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I have right. Like, I love, I love that, but at the same time, I'm like. I'm gonna go over here with my guides, yep. and we're just gonna we're gonna hit it, okay? Yeah, I'm yes. actually gonna go to a drum circle, but thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So once you get to that point, you know, then that that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But if if meditation is difficult for you, and you need somewhere to start, absolutely, it is great for that. Yeah, guided meditations are because fantastic. if your if your inner voice is always going, okay, I need to do laundry. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get back. Guided meditation is amazing for that kind of thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to teach you a lot. And again, the phrase I said earlier, like you have a purpose in just existing. And Mm -hmm. for me, it was a really great way to get to know every aspect of myself that I hadn't given time to in the Mm -hmm. last, how old was I? I think it was 28, Mm -hmm. 27, 28 when I started doing that. And I had like hopped on and off meditation for the last decade. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when I really like hopped back on again, I'm like, I need this. Mm-hmm. This is a part of the, this is a part of my evolution that has to be with me. This is a modality that is going to get me back to my true authentic self. Mm-hmm. So I take it very seriously now. If I don't have time in my schedule for it, I'll go to my guides about it. I'm like, I just don't think I can do it today. And they're like, well, when you're in the shower, shampoo a little faster and sit down for five. We got you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and okay. I'm the opposite. The shower is the meditation. And it <laughs> is, is my 20-minute meditation every morning. Well, Lena makes fun of me because I'm. it's not 20 minutes. I was like, hey, I'm going to go take a shower. He's like, we'll see you in three days. <laughs> because he's like, can you please set an alarm? Because I know you think you go in there. It's like 30 minutes, but seriously, it's been 48 hours. And I'm like, no, it can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. Here. I don't care. I pay the bill. Well, my husband pays the bill right now, but uh, I don't know. How much does a kid cost, right? Like, I gave you a kid. Pay the bills. Thank you. Thank you. I said that to Welcome my Welcome to husband. 1950. No, I'm just kidding. No. I said, I carried the baby for nine months. You get the rest. Yeah. And I'm like, I, you get the next 18 years. And if years. I want to sit in the bathroom and talk to my spirit guides, ascended masters, and water dragon, you better let me. Because when I come out, I'm going to love. <laughs> just a little candid moment. Back just, to you, Chantel. Just fill in my cup. Yeah, these are delicious, by the way. Mm-hmm. So the next one we just actually touched on a couple of seconds ago is learning to use sound frequency healing. And I know you guys have had Krista on, and Desiree has bowls, and 
I I want to learn to play the didgeridoo, but that will never happen with my lung capacity. So I just <laughs> lay it on my back. There also, that's okay. Um, you know, coming through the speaker, humming. You can heal yourself with humming. I'm sure mm-hmm. you probably have a hard time believing it, but I have actually taught classes on that. It's pretty fantastic. I look Why like do you a think the monks when I'm chant mad now? Because I'm like I'm humming. Somebody made me mad. I'm like. Don't kill him, it's all right. (laughs) I used to be like flying off the hinges, like, but now I'm like, okay, probably look creepy because I'm super serial killer calm. (laughs) So, next is um, cleaning up your physical body. Sometimes I think I'm like, how is that number whatever? You know, but these things go on so simultaneously. Mm -hmm. But Cleaning up your physical body um, in order to raise your vibration and and to allow some of those things to release, you've got to clear out some of the sludge. Um, Okay, so number 17 um, that we're coming up on next is actually huge. It was huge for me, and I know a lot of other people that it has been huge for. Um, And that was doing a past life regression where I asked in that, specifically in that particular past life regression, I said, I need to know what life has is having the biggest influence on my success, if you will. On And when I say success, I mean in checking those things off of my karmic list. Um, show me what I need to see for this life to be the most prosperous for me in terms of my spiritual evolution. Mind you, prior to doing this past life regression, I had had three suicides. They weren't really attempts. I didn't try to kill myself. I just didn't want to live anymore. And in that past life regression, I found out that what I saw and what I learned, I had two boys, which I currently had, a husband and a funeral, because you always look at your funeral when you do a past life regression, or you should. And there was no one there. It was the preacher in my casket. And um, my husband committed suicide first in that life. I committed suicide, committed suicide second in that life. And those two boys were left on their own. Now, the two boys, the names that I got in those two boys, they were on the list of names for both of the boys that I have in my life now. And I went and looked up the accident. I found it. And I said to myself, if I do nothing else in this life but raise these two children, that's my goal. If I do nothing else. I have never had a suicidal day since that past life regression, because I knew right then and there, I left those two boys behind. Their names came through and are probably why they weren't the names that we chose, but it was enough of an awareness that someday I was going to realize that. So that changed everything for me in terms of just seeing this life through. And then once I realized, okay, I'm going to see this life through come hell or high water, that's when my healing journey really started was like, okay, 
there's a lot more to this than I realize. Um, so I think that that's really important because all along, I thought the reason that I was so miserable was because of that trauma that I'd been through. It wasn't, I'm sure that that had some to do with it. Mm-hmm. But the reason I wanted to end my life was because that was a pattern. Past life entanglement. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so okay, go if ahead. the two boys that you abandoned are your two sons now? No, I'm not saying they're my two sons okay, now. Okay, just checking. I'm just saying that... It was a repeated pattern? That I think it was a repeated pattern, and I think that it was very clearly um, news to me by having... Those names came, I mean, why would those names come through? Yes. I mean, you know. No, I completely believe yeah. you. I just wanted to make yeah. sure because. No, I don't a, believe that there are their souls. Okay. No. I, there was a lot of stuff coming in my mind and I was like, I don't think I'm feeding myself the accurate story. So I just wanted to make sure. I, I, it's very, very profound, very powerful. Past life regression. Revolutionary. And I think it pulls me back to it's not about me. It's about all of me. So what is your belief in, if, okay, so if you're Christian and you only believe you have one life and there's heaven and hell and if you don't get it right, you better get it right, you're going to hell, and you hear, hey, go have a past life regression, well, I don't believe in past lives. Well, here's why you should. I've had that brought to me many times, and I have to say, and the person will, and what I do is I plant a seed. And I say, that's that, exactly right. And I say, you know, I used to believe the same that you do. And I have since learned that religion is very controlled to make people God fearing. And there is so much that they don't want us to know. And there's so much that they have removed from us. And I would encourage you, if you walk away from here going, hmm, follow that, hmm. And if you want to believe what you believe, then. That's where you're at, and there's nothing I can do to change it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, I know that we have some people that um, they'll use our program to study their beliefs and check where their boundaries are. And, you know, maybe if they find something that they want to change about themselves, it's not going to be easy to go to their core group of friends and go, hey, I believe in past lives now. Yeah. It can be, it can be tough. So I'm glad that we pulled that apart for them a little bit. Thank yeah. you for that. One of my very, very close friends came to see me um, in one of the first fairs that I did when I was working as a, um, doing the healing work. And he just wanted to see what I did. So he let me do it. And then when we were done, he goes, how can you do this? I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, I went to Catholic school with you. How can you do this? Mm -hmm. And I looked at him and I said, how did Mary know she was pregnant? And he goes, Okay, point taken. Yeah. <laughs> Just because. Just because it had never been done before doesn't mean it couldn't be done. Right. Who's to say that we can't, that there can't, you know, when people say to me, you know, okay, Why can't well, can't you be a miracle is right. what I got from that. How mm-hmm. do you, how can you do it? You know I know what, who you are. You know what I say about Jesus? Yeah. I, I, I collect pictures of Jesus. Me too. Jesus was the greatest healer that walked this earth. Right. But he also doesn't look like the depictions that we collect of him, and I think that's freaking noted. 
right? Okay, right on. That's all I'm going to say. Right on. We collect pictures of him because that's how he manifests to us. But please understand yes. that I know Jesus was not white. He was not walking around the desert for like a bunch of years and couldn't get a tan. Okay, I get it. <laughs> okay, so for anybody that's like, oh my God, my Savior's white. Well, do some freaking studying. Right. Close your Bible for just a sec, honey. Yeah, it's more about... He wants you to know the truth. It's more about the energy, I think, you know? Mm -hmm. Unconditional love. That's what he wanted. It doesn't matter what you do, what you did. Forgive them for their trespasses. I've sat in so many churches that I ask people what their religious belief is so I know how to talk to them now. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we're... Okay, so you're Catholic, so we forgive trespasses. Um... Peace be with your spirit. Okay, I know where you are. Got it. Thank you so much. And it's really helped me respect other people's boundaries instead of feeling like I'm just supposed to come up and dynamite their life and then walk out. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to cry for three days. Okay, we. I promise we are almost done. Um, we really are getting to my favorite part. That's why I'm like, what else you got over there? Come okay, on. so the next part that I suggest is um, you need to learn what your personal gifts are. And this, we're on step number, we're on like the second to last step here, but this was actually the beginning for me. Um, and you could obviously do this at any point. But I had to put things in, in in some form of an order. So I went to a fair to sell fat wraps with my friend, okay? We were selling It Works products. And it's a holistic healing fair? The holistic healing okay. fair, which is how the one that I currently go to now um, and work at. My friend called me and she said, hey, do you want to go to this holistic healing fair in Wichita with me this weekend um, and sell our fat wraps? And I'm like, sure, sounds great. So we get there. Mind you, I had just had a stroke at age 38, um, ended up having to quit my job, and but I still needed to keep working, so I just had to kind of transition to a different kind of work, and I was currently on somewhat of a hiatus um, at a job in the middle of nowhere working on healing myself, and this was really where my journey, my serious, serious healing journey began, and so anyway, she calls me and says, you, you know, want to go to this fair, and I'm like, yeah, sure, so we go and we get there. Mind you, all of the signs that we are who we are, our whole life that we've had, that we've just been poo-pooed on, you know, so like, I don't know anything in terms spiritually really about myself at this point in time. And we get to this fair and I'm like, what? There's psychics here. There's aura pictures. There's chakra pic. What's a chakra? There's Reiki. What's Reiki? There's, I'm like, I'll be right back. Well, the fair lasts for three days. Three days later, I came back. Did I miss anything? Did we sell anything? (laughs) Yeah. And so I had went to the lady who I ended up doing my Reiki training under, uh, my early Reiki training under, to have my uh, chakras balanced. That was life-changing for me, as I shared earlier. Um, I took those papers home. I dove into them. And that was the beginning of a, a lifelong love, I guess, from this point forward of helping to heal others through understanding their chakras and the energy that surrounds them. And I had an aura photo done and the guy took the picture of my aura and I sit down and I don't really even know. I'm like, I, this just sounds like fun to me. You know, I'm like, I don't really I have even. colors. Right. You know? <laughs> so I sit down and he goes, he looked at me and he goes, so what do you do here? I go, um, I'm, I'm over there selling fat wraps. And he's like, no, I mean, spiritually, what do you do here? I'm like, nothing. And he's like, 
what? I'm like, why? And he goes, well, your aura is like really glisteny, purpley, lavender, and you got white coming in here. And he's describing all this stuff to me. And he's like, you're like really spiritual. And I'm like, okay, great. What's that mean? <laughs> and so, and you're like, well, I mean, I went to Catholic church. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, every, yeah, I am. So every day at church me. for all those days, right? And so anyway, he proceeds to talk to me for quite a long time, and I walk away going, hmm, that was interesting. So then um, I visited with several other people at that fair. I mean, I did every single thing that there was to do at that fair. I don't know how much money I even spent. I know I didn't make any. But I feel that. Yeah, well, I mean, people were the, people were there. They were not there to buy fat wraps. They could care less about fat wraps because they they are just like me now. Like, this is who I am. I vibe where I'm at, and I don't care what you think. If you think I'm fat, well, go look in the mirror because you're not addressing something with yourself. You know, whatever. Yes, 100%. You're yes. Correct. But anyway... So I know that now. I didn't know that then. Um, so, you know, over the period of the of the years when you continue to meet people and you continue to, you know, you like when you do numerology, like when I learned numerology and I figured all my numbers, I'm like, wow, I have all these weird spiritual numbers. Like I'm supposed to do something on this planet. What? And so the more you do, you know, when I when I took my Reiki class and we were supposed to meet our ascended master and we're doing this guided meditation and I gasp loudly when we're supposed, you know, when we open the door, this is like the very first guided meditation I'd ever done in my life. And I freaking met Jesus, you know, and I'm like, Jesus, is that you, you know, I mean, I gasp. And so afterwards the lady, she's like, why did you gasp during the meditation? And I'm like, I met Jesus. And she's like, Jesus, you know, <laughs> and she goes, Jesus Christ. Right. Yes. <laughs> the Jesus. facilitator was like, oh, wait pulling people like that yeah 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 you know she's like didn't you say it's your first reiki class and i'm like yeah and she's like okay then you know so there was this you know this pure this sequence of things that just kept happening and you like start stacking them up and you're like i, mean, I think maybe i should I be mean synchronicities is that what you're saying oh you mean synchronicities yeah those yeah. things yeah, yeah. So, you know so it became very synchronous yeah. and uh, i just was like i think i'm supposed to be paying attention to these giant things that are you know, happening to me. <laughs> so I pretty much dove headfirst, you could say, because I left that fair with $700 worth of books. And here's another synchronicity. And every fair since then. Yes. So here's Guilty. another. Frank loves her. Yes. Yes. So oh, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. So that night, though, I do have to tell you this because we're, we're speaking of synchronicities. And I was staying with my mom because the fair was in Wichita. And so that night, my mom likes to go to the casino late at night. So I got home, you know, like one, nine o'clock, whatever it was. My mom's like, well, how's the fair? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I tell her all about it. And I say, I kind of have this little problem. And she's like, what? And I'm like, well, I have till tomorrow afternoon to figure out how to manifest $700 to pay for the stack of books that I have. <laughs> I said, and this guy that sells the books, he once you make the pile, he doesn't really let you put them back. He's like, no, you go manifest the money because that's what you do. You don't say you can't afford them. You say <laughs> you can afford them. Don't tell yourself you can't. I go, so I got between now and tomorrow afternoon to figure out where I'm going to get $700 to pay for these books. Well, lo and behold, my mom went to the casino that night while I was sleeping and she won a jackpot and she left me $700 on the counter. <laughs> and looky there. And that was the beginning of my journey right there. 
so, you know, um, and then the whole Frank thing aside, um, that's a whole story. But Frank has been my personal, not really, I'm sure there's got a, he's probably got tons of women out there in his harem that he has guided, but. <laughs> that's funny you call him that. <laughs> you know, he reads you when you're standing there and he's mm-hmm. putting these books in front of you. Okay. Like I'm, I'm brand new. I know nothing. And he stacks me up with $700 worth of books that are all exactly where I need to be. And then I go back the next three months later and the next set of books that I pick out because he's put them in front of me and said, here, you need to read this. were exactly where I needed to be. And There's a lot of trust involved is what I'm getting from all of these we meet spiritual healer stories. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, of, a lot of trust. And if you find yourself going to an avenue like this and you're scared of these people that with pure intent just want to help you, I think you should realize that that's, that's a block in yourself that you should realize. Mm-hmm. Because for someone to ask you for $700 when you don't have shit and then you rely on this um, <laughs> validation from spirit, that's a really big step. Yeah. And I think that's awesome that you listened to it and followed through with it. Yeah. I feel like I would. I mean, it's crazy, but I literally feel like I would not be where I am right now if it wasn't for that moment in time. So Frank's your Desiree. Frank's my Desiree. Because Desiree <laughs> and, is my Desiree. And Frank and Frank's my Chantel. <laughs> <laughs> you see that? Look at that. <laughs> Going through. Would you look at it's that? It's the circle of Okay, life. so. My very last, my very last statement here. I think um, Cheyenne wanted to ask, "How did I become quote Shocker Sean?" And you did a re- honestly, like you did a really good job showing it through. I know there's yeah. a million stories that you could tell, right. but um, we have a lot of similarities in our story, especially with the way that you access the holistic healing fair. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's where I'm like, I I understand how you became Shocker Sean because that's how I found Moonbeam. That's my spirit name. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Getting so, it tattooed next week. Sweet. <laughs> kind of a big deal. By the way, by the way, you can't see my arm right now, but my entire... I was going to say, I have to check that out before you My leave. entire sleeve is my personal chakra journey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah it's there forever. Yeah, you have a DNA strand on there that I really want to steal from you. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> so, the last little thing um, that I want to share, it's probably not the last thing, but the last thing I'm going to share for this moment is... Mm-hmm. Understand that you bring forth trauma from past lives, okay? The reason those of us that are awakened, that are old souls, are wise and step right into this knowing and say, I know when we're two and four and six, is because we have lived so many lives and we have experienced so many things and we accumulate all of that and we bring it forth with us. But some of that is trauma. And some of it is also ancestral trauma. And understanding that when you clear that trauma in this life, whether it's trauma from your past lives or trauma from your ancestral trauma that you have brought forth, um, you are clearing all the way back. It's not just yourself. It's all the way back. And that is something that guides um, are telling people that that channel right now that that is actually never been a thing before. It's a thing right now because we are in a place where there's never been this many old souls on the planet because we are in a crossroads right now where we're either going to the new earth or we're not. And so healing has never been more important than it is right now. So goosebumps. Yeah. 
You're absolutely right. And we are going to see the kids that are being born right now and for the last several years. Holy moly. They're called the Rainbow Warriors and Nostradamus prophecies. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Mind you, I have an earth with a rainbow around it tattooed on my arm because it's a reminder every single day that everything I'm doing is to go to that that new earth and bring humanity with me. I have a Kuan Yin complex when it comes to it with me, which is where as much as I want to ascend and have the union within myself that we all strive for, um, whether it's scientifically synchronizing my left and right hemisphere, whether it's unifying the divine masculine and the divine feminine within myself to truly be a 100% clear conduit for ascension, samadhi, whatever, nirvana, whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel even if I did ascend and I started raising my vibration, that I would look back at everybody that I love, everybody that I've met, and everybody that I've crossed paths with, good or bad, and I would look back and I would go, I can't leave them. Newsflash. You know you're back right now. You were ascended already. Yes. And you're back. I get that. Yes. But when I'm speaking from Quan Yin and how Quan Yin was able to become an ascended master, she did reach nirvana. And when they gave her nirvana, she said, I will be the last one through the portal. I won't leave a soul behind. And I, with researching her, I understand that I have, um, I do operate out of unconditional love in a normal world. I operate on a level of compassion that if you, if you are filled with your blocks and your trauma, my compassion and my unconditional love can be annoying and off-putting but that's on you. Right. I understand where I operate from and it was able for me to unheal my unworthiness wound and it was able for me to even heal my loneliness wound because now I am still surrounded by people where, yeah, I'm too much for my husband. I melt his mind all the time. I have to leave 50% of myself outside my front door just so I can have the relationship that he wants from me. Does that mean that I'm going to go without No, that means I'm going to vibrate higher. So the frequencies and the people that I work with are Mary Magdalene because the story that was written about her was wrong. The story that was written about her and Jesus was wrong. Another episode, but there's a teaser. Sure. The story of Mary Magdalene was actually a sermon written right before the King James Bible was written. It's not a factual story. It is a made-up sermon some weird dude in a wig decided to make it truth to fit the agenda of the times exactly okay jesus and mary magdalene were very much in love okay you want to look at the last supper maybe you do put a whore right next to you but you probably don't she was probably powerful and she probably studied the same mystery schools in egypt and in the himalayas and even in china that nobody wants to address in modern day religion because it doesn't fit the agenda so I work with Mary Magdalene, I work with Jesus Christ, I work with Kuan Yin, and I work with St. Germain right now. Awesome. And if anybody else wants to come in from the light and help me on the journey of unifying everybody back to where we're supposed to be, come one, come all, come as you are. Because <laughs> I'm not here for the division anymore. There you go, world. There's my secret. I want to fucking love you. <laughs> so wrapping up. I thought that we would um, have some tips and tricks on forgiveness and what it looks like when you condemn others. 
Are you guys ready? Yep. Okay. Hans Wilhelm talked about how to forgive somebody and why it is important to. So for both of you and the biggest traumas that you had, right? Um, what's your biggest trauma that you've come across right now? The one that's most relatable to probably women on the earth? Oh, well, I mean, probably the rape. The rape. Okay. I'll go with that one. And then you were very candid about what happened to you with a molestation case and a sexual assault in your family. Yes, but my biggest trauma was the the years of um, brutal torture yes. that I observed Absolutely. and had to hide from. So thank you both for sharing that, for one, because I know it's not going to be easy for what I'm about to say, even though I've already said it to you before. But Can still, I change mine? Change it. <laughs> I was going to say, so, okay, I would say that most women can probably relate to that one. Mm -hmm. I would say it didn't affect me traumatically, um, or maybe it didn't, I hit it, it doesn't matter. The one I would say probably is the one I have to work through the most is um, the family dynamics I grew up in. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so in both of these actions, we both know that technically what they did on paper, writing it down was wrong. We can all do that. So pick a problem in your mind, pick someone that did something to you that you're still mad about and realize that you have now condemned them for their actions. So no matter what faith, whatever you believe, you have just done God's job on earth. Look how powerful you are. <laughs> Let me show you how you're misusing it and how you can free yourself. So again, Hans William says, if you condemn somebody, they're now a prisoner. So you've now tied that energetic cord to them. Every prisoner needs a guard. So instead of you living your life, living your life purpose, doing what you're supposed to do, instead you're running around with the limited time you have and you're going, they did this to me. That's why I am the way that I am. This is why I act this way. This is why I treated you this way. This is why I, I can't be nice to people in a grocery store. This is why I cut people off in traffic. This is why I quit jobs. This, 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 this. Look at all these reasons where I can't be an all-powerful, all-infinite being of who I am. Not being omnipresent like God, because we can't be omnipresent, but we can shine our light. So if you picture yourself like the Macy's Day Parade, and you're the really big, what are they called? Like, I don't know. Giant balloons. Is it the just, balloons. They're just giant balloons, yeah. right? <laughs> but they have to have the like floats. a lot. They yeah. have to have a lot of people holding those strings down because yeah. they're heavy. They're like 20, 30 people. Yep. So each string is a person you've energetically tied yourself to, whether you want to admit it or not. Oh, I, I don't really care about her. She's a bitch because she did this to me. It could be someone who cuts you off in traffic. It could be someone yeah. that cuts you off in traffic. There could be so many different reasons. But mm -hmm. if you have people in your mind, and I and I love doing this, like especially in like a small town because you get clicks and people can't be friends with other people right. because, oh, my God, did you hear that she did this? And she talks this way and she looks this way. And mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like all that little like chimey ass gossip that really shouldn't be necessary. Mm -hmm. Those are all strings that you're energetically tying to people. And not only is it siphoning off your energy without you knowing it's kind of like leaving something plugged into the wall and acting like it doesn't pull energy out right right so it's your responsibility to one realize that you actually walk around judging and condemning others for their actions and you're also condemning yourself because you played a part in that so if you need to forgive somebody and you can't you can go back and be like i forgive myself for not wanting to forgive but here's why you should forgive Here's why you should cut yourself from these entanglements and cut these cords. Because if you die tomorrow with all these cords, you have to meet those people again. 
you have to do this all over again. And that just sounds awful. Heck no. Awful. So if I have somebody that I really struggle to forgive because I just don't understand why on earth they would do that to me. What the hell in you made you do that to me? I cannot condemn them for their actions. I can only send them compassion. Mm -hmm. I can only grab my heart in the moments where I am so freaking pissed right now. And I immediately, with breath work, I go, my heart is filled with love and understanding. My heart is filled with love and understanding. And I repeat it over and over and over until the my back isn't restricted anymore. And my heart doesn't want to pull apart because I realize how powerful I am that I bet the dark does want me to work for them. <laughs> yeah, I would make Satan shit. I'm so powerful. I do the Hopa Ono oh no. And I love that too. Mm-hmm. You taught that to me and I do it. This is one of the newest ones I found because it really helps me, especially with the work environment I'm just getting ready to get out of. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my heart is filled with love and understanding. My heart is filled with love and understanding. My heart mm-hmm. is filled with love and understanding. Because there's a very cocky, demonic, devilish side of me that I have put a collar around, and we are friends. And we <laughs> giggle with each other, and she goes, congratulations, you let them keep their tongue. Good for you. Because I understand that I have that, I still have that anger inside of me. I still have that fire inside of me, and I still want to protect myself. Mm-hmm. But if I can give them compassion and love them where they are, that's the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. that you just healed you healed your ancestors you healed yourself in this moment and you probably gave them some grace that nobody else ever has which is why they treated you like that in the first place and uh, matt con i don't know if you guys I are from, love matt oh Kahn. my gosh he's amazing he says that we are given these moments in order to provide us with an opportunity to show the love that we were not given in that moment so that we could heal the trauma And so when we're given those moments where we can react with our devil side Mm -hmm. or we can react with love and we're giving these moments of these opportunities to show are we evolved enough to react with the love? Are we evolved enough to react with the hate? And we're going to continue to get these moments until we can consistently react with love. I always wanted to understand why Jesus consistently preached turn the cheek. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there were, uh, there were so many times where I would hear it come up in my life when things would come up and they'd be like, turn the cheek. And I would scream up into the sky, I don't want to. Yeah. I want them to feel how much pain they just put me through. Mm-hmm. They're literally so unaware of what they did to me right now mm-hmm. that I want to physically give that gift back to them. Now I look like they deserve a psychopath. That back. They deserve mm-hmm. that. I condemn them, and I've decided. Mm-hmm. So now I am, you know, the prosecutor, the judge, the jury, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. I have just come in the last probably two years understanding just how courageous it is to actually turn the cheek. Yeah. And it's not like it doesn't hurt. I think that that's the yeah. misconception is you have this bubble around you that it doesn't hurt you Mm -hmm. i have to come home a lot and sage myself and forgive people for not knowing the things that they've done to me and it's something that i've had to practice a long time but it's something that is actually in my daily practice now because when you're so open you are more sensitive to the energies around you when you wake up and you start realizing holy shit i'm not even working the job that i'm supposed to be doing because these people don't care about me 
they they don't want my success. They don't even believe in me. They just want me to sell something for them, be something for them, do something for them. So even if you have work family and work friends and work this and work that, they could just be an anti-idol. And they're another lesson that you really need to work past. But I've just established a comfort zone for a bunch of people out there. And I hope that I've broken that for you. Ta-da! Tree branch done. <laughs> Please forgive. Understand that unconditional love is the only thing that's going to save us. Yeah. You can't fight fire with fire. It's just a waste of time. And it is very painful to send love back. It's, yeah. it's not easy. Mm-mm. It's a practice intent. Mm-hmm. And apparently Chantel is going to get you through all those with <laughs> all of these wonderful, wonderful things that you've come on to tell us about. Yeah. <laughs> I learned so much today, by the way. I know because I always like talk a bunch. People don't think that I have ears too, <laughs> but I have, I've learned a ton from you. I get to keep these notes forever. And I just really appreciate you coming on and being yeah. so vulnerable and candid with all the things that you're going through right now, what you know you're going to go through and all the people that you're going to help. So if you can leave our listeners with one lesson, one thing they can take away, one thing they can go away and put into practice or they can do to help themselves other than the 27 steps (laughs) of the program that you gave them, what would you say that they should go do for themselves? Start with learning to forgive. And if you can't, Forgive yourself for not being able to forgive until you get to the point that you can forgive because it is very difficult to heal without forgiving. Awesome. It's very, very accurate. Yeah. And again, thank you. Thank you for having me. Not that uh, I didn't enjoy the last several hours of this, but I think we all know Cheyenne's favorite part of the show. It's time to jam. It's time for me to show you my favorite music ever that have allowed me to play it with them royalty-free because they're awesome and know that I just love them. So, for this season... I actually have a music sponsor. Woot woot. And I am so excited to tell you that my soul sister, Kelly Green, you can find her on Facebook as Kelly Catastrophe, is the music sponsor. Her business name is Vitality Exposed Concert Photography. I will have her Instagram link in the notes below so you can go check her out. She is going to be our lifelong sponsor for hosting all of the music. I cannot tell you how excited I am for you to go check out her page. I believe that Kelly is called to go back to concerts and show people how music can bring us together. So here's an example really quick if you're like, I don't really like music. If you give a Democrat and a Republican Budweiser in a bar (laughs) on a Friday and you turn on Journey, don't stop believing. They're both singing. They're both singing, and they are no longer a Democrat and a Republican. They are two humans connected with divine music. And beer. (laughs) And beer. Which, you know, I say that because that's where I come from. You go to the bar, you turn on the jukebox, and it's all right. Don't stop. Don't stop believing. So music connects us all, which is why it's very, very important for me to share it. And which is why it's very, very important for me to share Vitality Exposed by Kelly Green. She's also a published model. She um, documents crime scenes during the day. And then she goes to concerts at night to show the beauty 
in the darkest places of our soul that we go to release, which is in front of these musicians. And I don't, I know that everybody had a hard time during COVID, but I spent a lot of money during COVID giving money to, um, bands that I knew weren't touring. I was buying all of their merch because their road crews were laid off. And I think that there was a lot of insecurity in the music industry of, are we ever going to go back to the stages again? Am I ever going to be able to perform again? And the disconnect between the fan as the musician musician is something that I look forward to showcasing on the show as well. I need to show these people that what they did helped me and it's going to bring humanity back together. But if we lose music, we might as well lose the fucking bees because music's really the only thing that I see that's going to bring us all back together and show us the humanity in each other again. That's just my perspective. It's matter of fact to me. It doesn't have to be matter of fact to you. So go check out Vitality Exposed. Today's music is a song by Unlike Pluto, and it's called Hummingbird. And I'm so excited to share it with you, ladies. Thank you so much Thank for you. letting me play this. Thank you for listening. 